tearing up the track after a long layoff. It's the Rugby League Cemetery. Yes, this is the Rugby League Cemetery. Very good to have you with us. And we're back uh, after a a bit of a hiatus, um, but in an hour of need, um, you know, what do they say? The cream rises to the top. And, uh, and you know, we're here for you. Uh, I know a lot of Sydney's in lockdown right now. And uh, what, what better way to spend your time locked at home? Don't, you know, don't spend it, uh, you know, watching documentaries on Netflix or talking to loved ones. Spend it listening to us talking about old football. Uh, and today we're talking about State of Origin 1, 1998, Queensland 24, New South Wales 23 in front of 36,070 at the Sydney Football Stadium, the 22nd of May, 1998. Uh, The first state of origin after Super League, the first state of origin with all the players from the Broncos and from the other Super League sides back in the origin teams. Uh, And a truly, truly deranged, unhinged and mad game, Gazzy. Fantastic, Morgie. Very good to be back. As, as John Howard once said, it's like a Glenn Lazarus uh, with a triple bypass. But here we are. We're back. Uh, I think that's said? what he said, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's right. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Exactly right. Um, wonderful to be back. Lovely game. Uh, sorry to people who are locked in Sydney that we have given you a, a losing state of origin game where you yeah. scored more tries and, and lost. But uh, nonetheless, fantastic anyway to re- reliving some of these players in what was a truly mad-capped game between two very, very good sides. Yeah, you're not wrong there. Uh, you, you get a bit of a sense. We'll go through the team sheet in a minute, but um, they are very, they're very, very strong sides with a lot of names. Like there are a lot of the great kind of grand E players of the 90s in both these sides, aren't they? Albeit, Gazzy, you know, <clears throat> I had this thought watching the game. There were, this match is sort of between two eras in a funny way. There were a lot of players on both sides who were great or at their greatest in the early 90s. Like if you go through um, mm. like the, the Dailies and Langers and Harrigan and, uh, and Tim Brasher and Eddinghaus and all these kind of guys who were really, really good a little while ago and were still good but weren't necessarily, were sort of at the tail end and in a couple of years were out of the game. And then mm. some other guys who were on the rise. There's not a lot of people in this mm. game, especially in the important positions, who are right in the middle of their prime. Yeah, I actually went to write this down and didn't because I knew you would. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> I had this sense of a of a pre and post Super League. So, like for example, um, Andrew Eddinghausen is passing the ball on an edge to Adam McDougal. Yeah, which is like, it's very like, odd because like yeah, yeah, like ET's the pinup boy of like 1990, and Adam McDougal is sort of romper stomper in the early 2000s for Newcastle, and um, was sort of played against Michael Jennings like late in his career. And it's like, yeah, yeah this game he's playing. Andrew Eddinghausen and yeah. it's it just um it, it's quite funny in that way but I think I actually did have a random thought bubble on on that which isn't like me but I think you know you know how it, to get into these rep sides you've got to build up a, a lot of momentum where what happens is you play good for a year or two and you don't really get in because there's an incumbency and you've got to push and push and one day you just get in because you've been good for a couple of years and your teams keep making finals. And I think this era, this, the reason that it looks a lot like that is because the Super League and the ARL split the year before, there almost wasn't this wave of people to replace. Mm. Um, and Tim Brasher had a very good game, but there wasn't this wave. Like Brett Mullins got 
kneecapped by Super League and never really waved past Brasher because the football wasn't being played. And, and these sort of stars just were like, when you come back together, you're like, oh, yeah, well, you've got to pick the guys who were superstars two years ago because there's no football last year that we can lock onto as a guide. There's this random mm. madcapped double competition going on. So how does anyone sort of get past anyone? And, and the only one you could say maybe did was Andrew seems to have nicked past Ricky Stewart maybe on the basis of, of playing quite well. But, it, you know, it, aside from that, it really is a sort of cobbled together of guys that were played their absolute best football in sort of 94, 95. And then these guys who go on like Yolokia and Johnses who – tend to be the absolute titans of the 2000s, but it's sort of nowhere near the best they're going to produce in this game or, or this yeah. era even. Yeah, it's a funny, it's just between two, it's mm. between two eras. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a funny time in the game. And you're mm. right, they're, they're almost, there's almost this this kind of incumbency from from maybe 1994 yeah. or 95 that there are blacks yeah. like, um, that, that are still getting picked. Um, well, Rodney not Howe is playing in the front row with the Chief. Is not a bad one. Like the Rodney yeah. Howe is is you know sort of playing with Paul Harrigan seems a little bit out of kilter as a front row, and mm. you know, and David David Barnhill's still there, and and you know, like it just seems yeah uh, yeah it, it's even it's, even it, Tuvi like Tuvi in nineteen ninety eight playing yeah. playing at hooker in Origin yeah it, it is yeah. um yeah it's it's an odd it's an odd side we might actually I'll run you through the sides quickly. Um, just for people who aren't totally familiar with this game, uh, the New South Wales side, fullback Tim Brasher, the wings, Rod Wishart and Adam McDougall, which is a very odd combo. Uh, mm. Andrew Renninghausen and Terry Hill in the centres. God, Terry Hill's got a good head. I just have to go back and say, <laughs> yeah. every time I see him, I just think, God, that's a melon. Yeah, rugby league head, isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, five And captain Laurie Daly. Now, Laurie Daly... Uh, reappointed, reinstated as captain of New South Wales and Australia over Brad Fittler uh, mm. after the Super League War. Fittler had taken over in, I think, 95 yeah. and yeah. had served for a couple of years. And then Daly comes back in and they reinstate him, uh, having defected to Super League. Halfback Andrew Johns, uh, the front row, Rodney Howe and Paul Harrigan, the hooker Jeff Tuvey, second row, Dean Pay and Nick Kosseff. And Locke, Brad Fittler, the bench, David Barnhill, Steve Menzies, Matthew Johns. And for Queensland, fullback Darren Lockyer, Wings, Wendell Saylor and Matt Singh. Centres, Steve Renoff and Darren Smith. Halves, Kevin Walters and the captain, Alan Langer. Forwards, Shane Webkin, Gary Larson in the front row, Jason Hetherington at hooker. Can I say, every time I see Jason Hetherington in any context, I always just think, oh, the way he's kicking, you'd hate to be his dog. <laughs> it's so good <laughs> which is the, um, the, the greatest mark that he left he was a very good player but that was that's the thing that i will always remember him by um, absolutely can i give you a quick you know how you were talking about it being a funny error there when you look hmm. at that back row of kosef and pay and and that sort of thing just to i've just gone and googled the 2000 state of origin back row for new south wales to sort of show what we mean and by yeah. 2000 it's brian fletcher ben kennedy and scott hill and that yeah. seems such an error after dean pay dogs of war sort of dean pay um, you know, and and um, and and Barnhill and Kosef. That seems a real jump to Fletcher and Kennedy, doesn't it? In only two yeah, years. you're right. There's, yeah, it's quite yeah, a jump forward it. in time. <laughs> and the, and by 2000, all, both sides, or particularly the New South Wales side, looked completely different. Um, Queensland's second row: Wayne Bartram and Jason Smith. Lock Peter Ryan, former New South Wales Police Commissioner, and the bench: Steve <laughs> Steve Price, Martin Lang, Ben Iken, and Tony Carroll. Uh, coach of New mm. South Wales, of course. Tom Terrific, Rodonicus, and the coach of Queensland, Uncle Wayne Bennett. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, 
they're very curious teams, but there are a lot of Ooh. it's. There's not much filler in either of them. They're all. Oh, no. It's sort of wall to wall names, isn't it? Yeah, uh, fantastic sides. Um, this is this is this is our sort of time. You and I were would have been about sort of what mid to late primary school or mid primary school and about this time and the NRLs just started. And that's sort of the earliest that we have the really clear. I remember games from before the Super League war and stuff. And I was at the 97 grand final, but this, this is the era where I'm very clear on what was happening all the time of who was going well and who was great. That, that 98 to the early two thousands is when it, you know, it, what I suppose everyone has a time in the game where they think the game was perfect and all the great players were playing and no one's as good as they were then. And that's probably yeah. our time. Yeah, early that's 2000. right. Uh, there's no Alan Langer. There's no bloody Laurie Daly. There's no Andrew Johns getting around today. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's our time. Oh, that's slaughter. Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 This exactly. is, I had this yeah. thought. I think this is the first origin that I can clearly remember. And I remember, mm. I can remember watching this at home. Um, yeah. And, and the absolute sinking feeling of Tony Carroll going over <laughs> at the yeah. end. Um yeah, it's so this. Yeah, you're right. This is kind of the this for people of our age. This is kind of the, the start of it. Um, I think you wanted to talk about some particular players who jumped out at this game. If people don't know the the, the kind of the arc of the match, New South Wales uh, go in at halftime thirteen six in front. They lead pretty much the whole game after about the twentieth minute. And Queensland, and we'll talk about this later on, but Queensland win the game with the last play of the game after Kevin Walters kicks from his own 10 to get the ball upfield. And then three plays later, they hit Tony Carroll to score behind the posts. Um, so it's that one, if you're wondering what we're talking about. Um, and anyone who watched it, I dare say, it will remember that. Um, and there might, be, there might be some New South Wales types in, uh, in lockdown at the moment going, oh, yeah, I remember that. I'm so sorry. Um, Gazzy, you wanted to talk about some players. I do, but I just, I'll give you an overall impression first, if that's all right, because I have a couple of things. Um, I, can I start by, I said when we watched Fatty's Nevels, I don't understand how Queensland won. And at the risk of nailing my colours to the mast again, and I apologise because Queensland, a fantastic finish. I don't know how they won this either because they scored, firstly, New South Wales scored more tries and Andrew Johns kicked one for five, yeah. um, which, which barely that gets helps. mentioned. And, and Well, it does, but it barely gets mentioned. And I always, I was sort of wondering why is that not a story? And I think there's a couple of things. And firstly, it's because Queensland, basically, no offence until the last one, don't score a good try. They get three of their four tries come off grubber kicks and not Alfie Langer masterclass kicks. Like the first one's a double kick off a, off a deflection and the next two are genuine New South Wales have it covered and knock the ball on. So it's yeah. a sense that New South Wales sort of dominate this game and Queensland get these tries that sort of you'd think one would happen every six weeks, not three times in the game. And then it just doesn't happen in reverse. Like, like Langer puts his kick in, it hits a New South Wales player, he kicks it again, they score. Langer kicks it at the in goal, McDougal knocks it on, they score. Daly does it, they score. And late in the game, Andrew's grubbering for the in goal and it hits Queensland legs and Queensland fall on it. Like, it's this sense that well, all the this random is the, fluky the, things just went Queensland's way. This, like, is the, this, is the, yeah. this is the Queensland kind of witch's curse, you know? It is, Like, yeah, it's the it's thing that always happens where they just stuff happens. Um, yeah. And in, in these matches. And like I wrote down at the end of the game, I just wrote New South Wales completely burgled by themselves. They scored five yeah. tries to they scored five tries to four and conceded three of the tries that, of the four tries they conceded, three of them are off fumble grubbers. Where the yeah. ball is just innocuously grubbing into the goal and they just duff it. Like they just the ball pops out and Queensland fall yeah. on it. There's very little there's very little no. craft, there's very little quality. It is just like it's just weird things keep happening. New South Wales keep making mistakes. 
Yeah, it is. And it's it's different players. There's no one bottling. It's yeah, different yeah, players. Yeah. And it's all over the field. And and I don't mean that as a slight on Queensland at all. I just mean I don't understand what watching it that that how they didn't win. Um the two other things I wanted to say to you firstly was that I think as a general thing, something I really noticed it I liked it when we go back an era to look about how it's commentated and how it's played. And something mm. I would put to you is that they have a much greater tolerance for um, not crucifying mistakes when you go yeah. back to that era. One thing I really noticed, like Alan Langer starts the game like appallingly, like he grubbers from his own 40 to halfway and turns it over because it's just dumb and there's mm. nothing on. And he grubbers from halfway. New South Wales get it midfield. He then does it again and New South Wales get it a bit again. But he proceeds to not values. stop doing it. Well, he just proceeds to not stop doing it and sets up the first try doing it and, and sort of sets up two more, albeit off mistakes, doing it. And he just keeps throwing in stuff. He kicks the ball really horrifically into the in goal for 20 taps a few times, but he just keeps taking shots and nobody goes, oh, he's duffing this. And, and Joey as well puts a couple of, I think, fairly bad kicks in at various points where no one talks about it. They just get on with it. And then the next one's great. Like there's this sense that they're prepared in this game um, and, and daily and, and does it too. He throws a few bad passes where they see opportunities, they take them. And if it doesn't work, they just load up and take them again next time. They just defend that mistake and get on with it. There's not this sense. Some of these mistakes that happen early from Johns, Daly, Langer, some of the big guys in the game, if they happen now and you don't win, it's a front page story that this guy, Nathan Cleary, is bottled origin well, too because he, he I was grubbed the ball in halfway in the first minute. Oh, he's got no idea what he's doing. He lost his head. And they just get on with the game here and go, you know what? We take a lot of shots and some of them don't work and we bounce back and go again. Well, I, really ask you, I, I put this to you. Yeah. Imagine what imagine what would happen if in if if in an, an origin match now Nathan Cleary missed four goals out of five and New, and New South Wales yeah. lost by a point. Like, do you reckon that might be the the, the main story oh. of the game? Oh yeah, like That's he would right. he would get run out of town. Yeah. Yeah, and it has changed because I think I, I can certainly see um, because as you know, most people know, I think Andrew's the the best player I've ever seen and the best player ever. But we've now watched two Origins early in his career, and they fail to beat Fatty's Nevilles, and mm-hmm. they lose on his goal kicking in this game. And and the reason the goal kicking isn't the story is quite possibly because of the bottled tries that had nothing to do with him. That all the tries were, you know, New South Wales errors. So that's probably why it didn't blow up. But the sense is that if that happened now, if you blew in Andrew Johns at 20 and they lost to Fatty's Nevilles, you bring him back at 22, 23 over when Ricky Stewart was potentially available in his 30s to play with Laurie Daly and you don't win and he misses all the goals. There'd be a real sense that you'd be going down the, like, flick him and he never gets picked again. He's got to sort of play well for eight years and demand a spot. You know, like, you'd really Mm. have to earn your way back. Well, and he was still... They don't do that. No, and he was still young enough at this point Yep. He, I mean, they had obviously just won the, the, the grand final and he had yeah. set up the winning play, but he was still young enough that people, that there would have been people going, oh, he's overrated, he's not as good as everyone thinks, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, should and, have gone with Daly, should have gone with Stewart to play with, uh, with Daly yeah. and this sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, no, he would, they, he, right. like he would just, if that happened now, that you would just be run out of town. You, and you're right, your cards would almost be marked for life. Like, you, yeah. something like that, like a four, you know, four misses out of five. Um, yeah, well, so you hunt the grand final and stuff. I mean, like dropping exactly. bombs marked him, marked him forever, and you get it's happened to it to quite a few guys. I think I, I don't have one off the top of my head in Origin, but it, but it does happen quite quickly. One game's been enough. Um, you know, even Brett Kamali when Joey came back, Brett Kamali threw an intercept and never got picked again. Um, yeah. in that Origin, and there were chances for him to be picked after that. He played good football after that, and they just decided to pick like nineteen-year-old Jared Mullen and Peter Wallace and all this because Kamali just had his cards marked for throwing an intercept. Um, mm. having had quite a good origin 
<laughs> and, yeah. and stuff so yeah I think that that was really noticeable to me that people were more tolerant of mistakes and, and even in game no one was saying Lang is bottling this when he tried a few things they just went oh isn't he crafty this is going to throw a really bad forward pass too early that turned yeah. the ball over and he'd given New South Wales the ball on halfway three times in the first 10 minutes but they just he just keeps firing shots and when they start working the the narrative of the game changes and I quite like that I would like to see them get a bit back more to the idea that you know, maybe it will in this sort of um, Sam Walker, Reese Walsh era that we're heading into now. Yes, let's hope so. Long and, and, and stuff, but it, it, I thought it was good and, and coaches would do well to remember this sort of thing, that if you've got guys who can, transfer, you know, win you the game and try these things, you need to be a little bit tolerant that there's going to be uh, glitches along the way. That's right. It. Yeah. Um, there's a difference between dumb football and mistakes trying things. Yeah. You know? Like that's the yeah. difference. Totally. Um, um, I've got the, some players for you, if that's me. all right. All right, so we all know how good like guys like Laurie Daly and all that are, so I might just go with some guys a little bit less obvious that played well in this game. Um, the first one, I just want to say, don't accuse me of bias, anyone. If you've watched this game, you'll understand. Adam McDougall was outstanding, like absolutely terrorizingly outstanding in this game on the wing. He made a ballsing error in the second half, but he was unbelievably dominated Wendell Saylor to a very significant I, degree. And he ran over the top of everyone. Um, I, I've just... never seen, I don't think, and I, mm. again, I may also be accused of bias, but I'm going to, I'm going to counterweight this in a minute, but I don't think I've seen a winger have so much influence over an origin game and no. be so destructive. Every time it's, you would need to go back and watch it to understand, like every time he runs the ball, he beats the first and struggles with the second and is, mm. He's just rampaging. He's so robust. He's, he, he's so strong in the legs. He just like mm. charges through tackles, bust, bust, step. Like it, it's extraordinary. Um, the amount of ground he makes, the amount of mm. tackles he breaks. That I've never seen anything like it. I would counterbalance that. I mean, people uh, people might say that about two months after this, he he was rubbed out of the game for eleven games for um, a positive drug test, um, and. You know, a, a skeptic might say that that had something to do with his form, but I mean, he came back. Um, he came back. He had a legitimate reason for that, and he said that he um, he had a damaged pituitary gland and had to take a certain medication. He, he wasn't trying to he wasn't trying to cheat, and I mean, he came back and was a like as good as they come outside back for five five or more years. So it's not as if he yeah. was one of those yeah. guys who was like uh, very very good and then never that good again after they t- tested positive. No, no, no. He stayed on the substances afterwards too. The NRL approved it. They just yeah, right. they, they 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 lost his paperwork at the time, and afterwards he was allowed to stay on what he was on the rest of his career because he did have a legitimate medical yeah. condition and wasn't producing testosterone. So it, it yeah, it, I, I don't think I'm not prepared to write that as a, as, as drug cheating because he no. was clear as needing to be and, on it. Um, and I mention I, it because people would yeah. see, people would be sitting yeah. at home going, "Hang on, you've got to point out that." It, but that, yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Um, but he was I, sensational. I say, I he was you, absolutely it, I, sensational. Yeah. I like to go comparisons, as you know. So if someone younger was to listen, I'll tell you a real ripper. Now, he's a lot bigger than him. Like, he's a lot bigger than Brian Toto, but he's very mm. Brian Toto-like. And it's, there's this Brian Toto and Adam McDougall are destructive in an off-kilter way. So there's no, like, it's <clears> not this structure where they come in field and take a one-out hit up and they run and they're powerful and hard to put down. It's this off-centre off, off center, tyro, no logic to it where they're just like, 
all legs and pumping and they stomp out of one and they run across field, then they run forward, then they jam out. There's no, it's very chaotic was the word for it. And yeah, it's, it's all, it's, it's and, this, and, there's this and, mad energy to the runs. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's that energy, they, this chaotic energy and like pulling out of tackles late where you're in with three, but you just keep pumping the leg. And and off, he's off again. Come out. Yeah. 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 I, I thought that was one. Um, I thought Wishard on the other wing was really good as well. I thought ah. Wishard, um, it was really dangerous coming out of his traffic and really and really hard to tackle. And I also thought um, it's a time in the game that we don't have anymore, but there used to be a real thing on wingers to be safe. And it was a real time in the game where you used to applaud wingers and fullbacks for going back and covering grubbers, for taking bombs in the in goal and for just not, not fucking up. And yeah. he, he did a really good job of all those things that were really valued in the early 90s and mid-90s that we have probably don't look at now we don't really applaud guys going back to clean up grubbers and their positional wing play and everything but he was very good at it and it was the best game I've seen him play in so far because we watched a couple where his terrible hands have been obvious but he 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 was really strong and again in quite a chaotic way in this Mm. game and um worth mentioning um last New South Wales play I wanted to mention was we, you and I off air a few times have spoken about it being a bit bizarre that Brasher held out over um um, over Mullins and stuff as long as he did. But can I just say he was magnificent in this game yeah, in yeah. a way that we don't watch, in the way that is now totally gone from the game, probably from Darren Lockyer's ability to ball play probably changed this. But in the old school Gary Jack 80s way of playing fullback, the Belcher Jack era of um, linking um, into the back line, of turning up on the inside and in support and of being positionally correct to take bombs and to cover grubbers and get them out and to just do all the things that fullbacks did before the modern game that we think of now, before the Travojevic and Tedesco's in the, the Gary Jack mold. He was fantastic. He had a fantastic mm. game, really good game. And I can see why more having watched this, this one, why he was so valued at origin level with his safety and his ability to trail you know, he never missed his mark off daily and Fettler well, and all these guys always there. When I mean, there's also in. the point that, you know, um, being able to pass and, and set up tries is less important when you've got mm. Laurie Daly, 5'8", Andrew Johns, halfback, Brad Fitter yep. at lock, right? Like it's sort of, and Jeff yeah. Tuvey at hooker. Like there's sort of enough, there's enough yeah. craft out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Martin Lang, I just need to mention, and we'll obviously <laughs> have to get into another Martin Lang. Yeah. And, think... um, sort of circle jerk later on, but um, far out. Wasn't he good? Wasn't he good? It was good. Well, he's just, he's just mad. Like he just, it's no, Martin Lang is one of those players who has absolutely no kind of concern for his own well-being. Uh, and, and he just charges at them. And he's, he is, he's fantastic. He, he absolutely deserves to be there and he's really, really good because he just doesn't care what happens I'd to say him. he outpointed him. No, I would say he outpointed Webke and Steve Price really considerably in this game. I think he was much more dominant than Webke. He was pretty quiet for a lot. He came good late, Webke, but I thought when Martin Lang came on, he dominated the middle third for Queensland. He was much more noticeable than Steve Price and Webke, who I mentioned because they will make a lot of people's best ever teams. Yeah. Um, Webke in particular, but Steve Price would be there about. He played in all the successful Queensland teams and was a very good player. And Martin Lang was noticeably the one that lifted their middle when they were really struggling with New South Wales. Um, and, and made a really big difference in the game. Um, now, I have one follow-on from that point is I think something needs to be raised here as an observation is that having mentioned Steve Price in that conversation, what I need to mention to you is that in this game, 
we have two players uh, playing in the same game on the same team here, same team of headgear transitioners, people that started in headgear with him and Matt Singh ah. and then transitioned out of headgear later in their career. Now, Matt Singh's already out of the headgear here, um, but, but commenced his career in headgear. But Matt Singh went back to headgear, didn't he? Uh, I'm sure, he didn't by, by the headgear. Oh, hang no. on, by the Cowboys. No, of course. I, no. No, I, I think he might have gone. I think he might have gone back. No, he didn't. I, I'm going to get matched in 2005 Grand Final right now and, and, and check that for you. Oh, maybe you are uh, right. I've got a picture of no, him in the Cowboys in, gear here in in headgear. Maybe I've got him in the 05 Grand Final, not in headgear. I've got yeah, the picture okay. up right. So he must have. So he's yeah. come back and then because there's several yeah. pictures of him in it. Um, the yeah. 04 against the um, in the 04 run of the Grand Final, he's in the headgear. But you're saying in 05 he's not. At Ty Williams. I'm not looking. At, <laughs> I'm not looking at Ty Williams. No, no it, it, I've yeah, got okay. the so final he, photo up of him looking quite. Yeah, upset. so he yeah. finishes uh, not, not in headgear, right but at some yeah. point went back yeah. to it. Okay, so he starts wearing headgear yes. with Penrith and the Roosters. Then he's yep. not wearing it in yep. this era. Then he goes back to it in 04, mm. and then by 05 he's out of the headgear again. Yeah. Whereas I think Steve Price follows a much uh, more traditional path of just one swap. But yeah. uh, I, I don't know that there's been two players on the same team that have been guys who started in headgear and transitioned. And in fact, I can barely think of anyone else who's done it to be off the top of my head. Regular headgear wearers that then ceased to mm. wear. But um, mm. they also seem you to don't see headgear anymore. Do it's it's pretty much gone from the game now, headgear, mm. isn't it? Maybe people well, worked out that it didn't do anything. Yeah. Well, this sort of Ponga JT nonsense of vaguely pretty headgear is what wrecked it. You need to be wearing Beaver Menzies old school, like big leather black strap. <laughs> like it's otherwise, I don't think you should be allowed to wear it. I agree. Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely right. Matt C always had a good bulky kind of headgear. Yeah, yeah. Who's yeah. your favourite headgear well, wearer of all time? Well, well, Beaver Menzies because he's the quintessential headgear sort of yeah. wearer, isn't he? And I don't think mm. anyone, he certainly might not have the record for most tries of all time, but Ken Irvine didn't do any of it in headgear as far that's, as I'm that's aware. That's true. Um, that's I'd like to put in two nominations. Uh, one, yeah. uh, Rambo Ronnie Gibbs, uh, just yes, because it was a beautiful good. headgear, um, mm. just really ugly and chunky um, and kind mm. of pointed up at the top. Um, and yeah. also Jamie Feeney. Um, because, um, just because, just because. Remember the tape. Remember his mum used yeah. to put tape on the headgear so that she could tell which one he was. Because Canterbury in the late nineties, early two thousand, yeah. had a real. They had a forward pack full of headgear. I think Steve Price, yeah. Jamie Clinton. Yeah. yeah, well, that's right. Um, I think maybe one of the Hughes's used to wear it. I think maybe Steve Reardon or Tony Grimaldi. One of them, I think, was also yeah. on the headgear. And so Jamie Feeney's mother put white tape on it so that she could pick which one he was mm. when he was carting the ball up. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now, I've got one more for you. I just want to mention quickly, in, in fairness of your McDougal comment, one thing I wanted to put here, I've got a note, and I said if I was going to note who, which players were outstanding in this game, I would have given a long oration on Rodney Howe if we didn't subsequently know that he Fannigan was cheating. Because yeah. he, I mean, oh, fire, yeah. once you know the story, doesn't it make sense? He is like a brick wall. He is everywhere, and mm. he is hard, and they can't put him down and he just keeps showing up like he's like he's got no like his motor is outstanding and yeah. his power is phenomenal I mean it's not I'm not surprised having watched that and I did hear Gordon Tallis once say he was really off it when it came out because he remembers playing Origin and when he used to try and influence games in this era he'd try and come out and, and shock teams by putting a shot on the forward pack later and he'd come out a few times on Rodney Howe and it's the only person he ever bounced off and he'd be on the ground winded and in pain and goes this guy's made of of stone yeah and so he was really quite 
Talos has got a real sense of what he thinks is fair and right and wrong, and and he <laughs> was was not that he's wrong in this. Case, no, no, like, absolutely. He was really violently to think he was wronged like this, but but mm. if he like if he wasn't on the gear, I'd have been talking about that as one of the best front row performances of all time. It was phenomenal. Yeah, he was, like, and you're right. It was this it was, really obvious in hindsight, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I had the same thought. There's a couple of runs that he makes where he just can't be stopped, and. It, it does. It looks abnormal. Yeah. He's abnormally strong. Uh, I know. I just your mention of Gordon Tallis. Uh, mm. I just note that he didn't play in this game, um, and that that's he's probably the mm. one who's really really missing from the Queensland side, and who uh, you know, and that's probably why I remember the game so well because I, I haven't repressed it due to my childhood terror of Gordon Tallis yeah. night terrors. Mm. Mm. Um, look, Moggy, before we get into the game, just quickly one thing i really should have started at the outset is just to point out how odd it is that queensland going to win this in the series having sort of basically having no arl players in their team and being unable to beat half of the new south wales team the year before i just think we should put that on the record oh yeah that's that true the, the Oregon, 97 like tri series yeah yeah so the tri series they they get clop they actually get clobbered the other time they play new south wales clobber them in the first one of the, the tri series and then they go on to lose the final and then they come back together and that basically that same team with about one or two arl players like they had ben icons so good on them um like <laughs> to play against like whereas new south wales are like all run the same team but sort of add andrew johnson brad fitler and the chief and yeah. i don't really understand how that correlates to them then with Winning in '98, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. No, although the the four, I, yeah, I, no, you're right. I'm just looking at the people who were the, the ARL players in the Queensland. There's not many. Matt Singh, mm. um, Larson, Bartram, Smith. Yeah, that's about it, isn't it? And Ben Iken. That's that's about mm. that's all yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. It is very strange um, because they they really labour in '97 and can't get past a New South Wales side with Noel Goldthorpe in it. Um, and yeah. then you know. Um, yeah, it is very strange. Now, a couple of things about this game. Uh, it played on a Friday night. State of Origin on a Friday night. The whole series was played on Friday nights with a full round of, of the NRL on the Saturday and Sunday. What was it? I didn't didn't realise that. So the players presumably didn't back up. <laughs> well, you would hope. You know, I'm sure that – I guess they were allowed to. Maybe they did if it was Sunday. Um, I, 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 assume there weren't, that. I assume there weren't too many backing up on the Saturday. Um, we should try and have a look. See, we'll have try and find the rounds. We'll try and look at the yeah. league project and see if anyone played the next day. I reckon yeah. you would have been allowed to. They wouldn't ban you in those days from doing it. No, I suppose not. I wouldn't not. have thought. Um, That'd be fantastic if we found out they did. If someone backed up the next day. I mean, people have backed yeah. up Wednesday to Friday, I suppose. Jonathan Thurston yeah. was big on the backing up on the on the Friday. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I would be amazed if someone, particularly well, if someone easier, did it. you see. Uh, well... <laughs> <laughs> One of the great rugby league tropes. That it's easier to back up. Yeah. That it's easier to back up sooner rather than later. Yeah. Here we go. I've got but some right, of the yeah, sides here. What have we got? This is the Saturday. It doesn't look like there's anyone in the in the in. Well, what a round it was. Round 11, 98. Adelaide thirty five, Penrith eighteen. That's get that's Probably the wrong game to check. <laughs> that's that's hitting some areas. Is it Balmain twenty, Western Suburbs twelve? So it looks like uh, Brasher didn't play. St. George, 30, Gold Coast, 16. Uh, St. George did not have any of their origin players. They, oh, no, Bartram played. Did Bartram play in this game? He did. Yeah, it looks like Wayne Bartram did play. For uh, He backed up for St. George on the Saturday. Uh, Parramatta, 29, North Queensland, 12. 
Parramatta appeared to have had, no, Jason Smith played on the Saturday as well. There you go. There That's you right. go. So there's a few of them. Um, who else have we got? Oh, and Dean Pay played as well on the Saturday. So they've played an origin on Friday night and then less than 24 hours later bowled up playing the forwards for Parramatta. That's astonishing. That's fantastic. Dean Pay played some pretty big minutes too. He was on the field. I was very noticeable yeah, yeah. in the field a long time. Auckland 25, Can- Canberra 14. Uh, so Daly didn't play. Um, it doesn't look Soft. like... Yeah. <laughs> well, it was on the Sunday, so it was too far from the game. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> he, he did go off with about three separate injuries in this game, in fairness to the big fella. <laughs> well, listen to this. Well, Brisbane backed everyone up on the Sunday and beat Canterbury 40-12. to 12. Darren Lockyer scored two tries. Good. Uh, that, Carroll, that Saylor, like Walters, sort of Langer, un- Webke yeah. all played. It's really quite good they did that because they sort of, like, if any team, like, you look at this year when Penrith backed no one up three days later after Origin 1. If there was a team in the modern era that, did, that could afford to just chuck the game in and not play everyone, it would be 98 Broncos. <laughs> well, if they'd have, if they'd have done that, really they would have... that important whether they won round 11. <laughs> well, if they'd done that, they would have given up the minor premiership for Newcastle. Uh, Manly, yeah, Tuvi played, yeah. Terry and Hill played. The competition. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Kosef, yeah, he good. backed up as well. Uh, the Chief didn't but the Johnses did, uh, and Mad Dog appears to have played off the bench, which is quite good values from the Knights to have, to have backed up yeah, McDougal cool. off the bench. Yeah, it's stunning, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's, um, and Fittler didn't, one Fittler that didn't falls play. in that gap, you know. Nick Kossef's one of those players, I think, that falls into that middle of the 90s era that get washed away a bit because a lot of people talk about him as the next Brad Clyde and how good he was, and I think he's mm. one where his best years were, that 95 to 98 zone, where it gets washed away because he never got to play in sort of a lot of full origin series and get picked in full test sides. So instead of having three or four years and 15 tests and sort of 12 origins where he had a real legacy, it maybe falls yeah. in the gap of being like he never kicked on, but he actually did. The game just wasn't watching. There's those years of wilderness. Where it just doesn't, it doesn't count yeah. as much. Yeah. If you were, yeah. if you were good in 95 yeah. or 96, it possibly doesn't count for as much as if you were good in 93, 94 yeah. or 98, 99. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, now we, we, the, the coverage of this match uh, begins mm. with, uh, and we watched this on YouTube, it's been put up in full by the NRL. And the first thing I heard, Gazzy, it almost brought a tear to my eye. It was Rabs thanking Ken Sutcliffe and welcoming international viewers. Mm. Can I say? Yes. I would like to, I'd like to make my ringtone just a sequence of Rabs welcoming international viewers from wherever you're joining us around the world. Mm. Unfortunately, he didn't go into any detail this time about Japan or BBC in the UK or, you know, any of that. Or East Timor. Or East Timor. But, but geez, it was good to hear. Yeah, it was good to hear. He particularly, if you didn't notice, welcomed overseas capitals. So I don't know if there was a sense that he wasn't. He was particularly unkeen to see from people from outside of capitals or whether the NRL only did a deal with capital cities or I'm not sure, but it was our our friends in Australia and overseas capitals. And I thought that was, (laughs) I wrote it down because I thought it was a funny way to phrase it. Um, but you're absolutely yeah. right. It's a shame that Kenny's we didn't get the Kenny Sutcliffe. Yeah, in, I know. In it would have been know where we were, where we were, and what yeah. we were watching. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, there, this is like the league. It's state of origin. It's in Sydney. <laughs> Let's go to our commentary team. Yeah. Who we're going to do the heavy lifting? That's right. Mm. Um, we love you, Kenny. Uh, not a capacity crowd this game. Thirty six thousand. Mm. Uh, they didn't. They couldn't fill it out. It's it's sort of it's fairly unthinkable now that given that. State of Origin almost packs out an 80,000-seat stadium on the other side of town mm. that you'd only get 36,000 uh, to, to a State a of Origin. Off, too. With a, off with a year a, off. Like, off a year off and with, these, pl- and with yeah. these players. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. And with a I fair bit of... Ed- played, but yeah. 
and with a fair bit of anticipation about you know um the the the, reunif- the reunified sides yeah. um, so i thought that was interesting um and a couple of things from i there's a funny do you think that's an error thing do you think that's an error thing where um I, we talked about it, it, it even though some of the great origins were in the mid 90s it doesn't have the silly hype and over mm. extension of now where every game's the best game ever and there's all this nonsense or do you think there was um do you think it took like the NRL era, because you would have thought you'd be really excited to see proper origin again after seeing a split com. Do you think that people like there was still that, that Super League war fatigue, it took a little of people a little while to whip back up and buy in maybe when, it, yeah, we're all back together, but it's all a bit of jadedness and stuff. And the Sydney clubs had been, um, you know, Sydney clubs were going to be given the arse and had been probably caught the rough end of, of all this. And maybe some people just, there was a bit of leftover, you know, jadedness and it took a while to really I, come back. I think it's I probably, don't really know. I'm just asking. I think it's probably both. Yeah. I think there's a bit of both. It's certainly, yeah. there wasn't the hype around it um, that yeah. there is now. And you're right. It's this mad kind of, oh, this is the big, this is origin. This is the biggest game in history, all that kind of thing. It doesn't yeah. happen in the nineties. Um, and so it's, you know, it was very exciting when state of origin was on, but there wasn't all the kind yeah. of the carry on and malarkey. But also, I think there is a bit of that. And if you look at the crowds through this era, there were a lot of people who just stopped going um, because yeah. of the because of the Super League War. Um, so there yeah. might have been a bit of that as well. Uh, the the New South Wales side uh, make their way out onto the field, uh, and the first thing you see in the change room uh, as the players begin to walk out is the beautiful figure of Ronnie Palmer. Uh, which there are two great there are two great state of origin identities that are neither players nor coaches. One of them is Ronnie Palmer. The other one is Choppy Close, who is on the bench for this game (laughs) and was on the bench for every origin until I turned about 15. Uh, And Mm. I'm going to tell you, God, I spent a lot of my childhood looking at Choppy Close's head sitting in like a sort of suit on the sideline at an origin match with the headphones on. Yeah, uh, good. Yeah, Choppy, I tell you what, isn't he in good shape to even back Sensational, (laughs) sensational. Mind it's sort of twenty, um, you know, plus years ago. Uh, he looks really well set up for the future. The big fella. <laughs> <laughs> um, mate, yeah. On things we saw early, did you get a load of blocker? I, did I, I, I ever? Did I ever? So blocker, the sideline piece, the camera revving up the game. Immediately, talk starts talking about the Queensland front rowers that are on the bench. Yeah, I'm really looking mm. forward to see Martin Lang and Steve Price. Um, yeah. But also, that coat that he's wearing. Mm. Um, the wide world of sports coat in the uh, in the yeah. tan brown. Uh, mm. I don't know where you'd get one of them, but uh, I've looked. I can't find. Yeah, them. I've tried. I, I yeah. tell you, I'd I'd pay a, a, yeah. a, like an outrageous, obscene amount of yeah. money for a wide world of sports yeah. Channel Nine coat from the from yeah. that era, especially match worn by Blocker. Yeah, well, it, you could fit both of us in blockers. Um, the bomber jacket's a good one as well. He's yeah. a bomber in a few other games. But did you get on to blocker? As good as the coat is, he's also wearing a leopard print spotted tie, which I just want to know. Of course he so is. For those who don't know, this, the coat we're talking in this game is the tan, skin-coloured sort of coat. So yeah. It's a tan, tan-coloured overcoat with Wide World of Sports into a leopard print spotted tie. It's in beautiful. the free game for a state of origin game, in, but but with blocker like blocker's ginormous head and ginormous <laughs> swollen body in God, the, in the leopard print. He's just <laughs> blocker is human oh, perfection. Like he just he's so he's, when he was playing and now and he's just always so hulking. Oh, yeah. 
And yeah. the thing is, <laughs> in this era, and I've watched a few games from the late 90s, particularly from sort of 98 and 99 of late, and mm. this, was, this was a feature of big games that the last thing you would see before kickoff was this, was this, you'd be watching, they'd be, you know, pan overlay shots of the ground and of a few players. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you would just, a blocker would just appear on the screen really close up in some really belted um, yeah. Channel 9 jacket and start talking about the front row battle mm. as the last thing you would see before <laughs> kickoff. And I got to tell you, even 20 years later, it doesn't fail to have an impact. You don't want to, you don't, you don't find no, yourself absolutely. wanting to watch the game less. Let me tell you that. No, absolutely. I, I, Blocker, I, I love Blocker. He's yeah, me too. Not just stupidity. The things he says are so good, but he's so earnest. He loves rugby league. We'll have something to say about Blocker's later comments, I suspect, as the coverage goes on. Mm. But um, just to put on record, we love Blocker every bit as much as we love sort of Fatty and Sturlo and, and, and Ray Warren. Yeah, that's right. We do. Um, and so we should. Uh, the other thing with, from the pregame that I have to mention is – and, and we talk about the crossing over of eras. We've had the Super League war. We've had Murdoch's money injected to the game. News Limited now own half of the game. There's more money in the sport than ever before. Mm. But the New South Wales players run out in three-quarter sleeve jerseys. And with, like some of them have been cut with scissors. So they're three-quarter sleeves. Oh, they're and so you, big. And they're yeah. enormous. And if you didn't want a three-quarter sleeve, you had like there's a few players who go the ordinary T-shirt kind of mm. sleeve. And they have to cut them. They've quite obviously just been hacked off with scissors. Yeah, it's fantastic. I was watching this last night and my partner, she came out and was sitting on the couch with me. She just looked at them and said, why are those jerseys so big? Like it was really yeah. obvious to someone just not <laughs> invested. It's not just us being picky how big they were. Rodney yeah. Howe's went past his shorts. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's playing front row. And Rodney Howe is like A, a front rower and B, on anabolic steroids. And just chucked him in a shirt. Just Did you know? Size, am I wrong? It's gone Did past you? his shorts. It's so big. I bet you... it was raining playing Origin in those things. Like if they were sopping wet and going past your knees. I know. It's, it, yeah, it just, it's just a marker of how the, the, the kind of financial explosion in the game and the excessive professionalism in the game hadn't quite taken it. There was just it was still a bit of a lag. Just on Rodney Howe before the second one, didn't it? Like it was. There's a lag between money and professionalism. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We're still probably getting there now, but it took yeah. a while to get anything anywhere near. Right. Yeah. Um, just on the subject of Rodney Howe, I just thought I'd bring this to your attention. Uh, in 2001, Howe won a special sports edition of Australian game show, The Weakest Link. Gee. Defeating uh, defeating AFL player David King, winning forty six thousand dollars in total winnings and donating it towards the Cancer Council of Australia of Victoria, it was at the time one of the highest ever scores achieved on the show. Rodney Howe. Um, so you know, maybe rugby league. You know, maybe he shouldn't have played rugby league. Maybe he was too bright really? for it because yeah. he, yeah, maybe he should have. He could think of all the other things he could have gone into. Yeah. But he could have. Are oh, you suggesting performance enhancing? He could have. I mean, this this player yeah, could have won. I'm suggesting. Yeah. If you've got one of the highest scores, he he could have won the he could have won the, the the Nobel Prize. He could be there right now. he could be there right now yeah. working. Like, yeah. I, that's inventing the AstraZeneca yeah. vaccine, and instead he devoted himself to rugby league and to juicing. But that's all yeah. right. Um, 
I just yeah, noted. Yeah, well, yeah could, exactly right. He, I'll tell you one more Rodney Howe thing that I found very interesting was people forget that when he went down for drugs, he was being like people just forget the errors and how things have changed and what's okay. When he got banned for drugs, he got chipped for being on the Melbourne bench when he was suspended. He sat on the bench one game, like just in his kit. And mm. the players were so angry that the NRL banned it that the next game, all of the all of the Melbourne bench chucked Rodney Mar- like Rodney. Howe I remember the Rodney Howe and mask. And I, I just want you to think now, if someone got done for fair income cheating, like there was no, some players can say, I got done or this happened or that happened. He was fair income just juicing to be better at rugby league. End yeah. of story. Uh, Bronson Cherry is probably a good example recently. It's very difficult to imagine that the response, the spiteful response of the Cronulla bench would be to be in <laughs> Bronson Cherry masks on the interchange bench. You don't really want to draw attention to it. You know what I mean? It's a really <laughs> foul like an obvious cheating and people hate it and they've just gone had <laughs> really hard done by he can't be loitering around our group yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Like no, really it, like to that of really feeling hard done by for things that they shouldn't <laughs> yeah that's true they they subsequently they had a very similar response years later to the to the salary cap explosion where they um, you know, they were very, they sort of still felt very hard done by about it years later and still do. Um, now, yeah. uh, we, uh, we, I suppose we get into the, the substance of the game. Uh, Queensland, yeah. uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough start, traditional softening up period, you'd have to say. Um, and it's actually Queensland to get the first try. Um, there's, a bit of a do- yeah. there's a bit of a dodgy, uh, a bit of a dodgy penalty for a high shot by Nick Kosef. Uh, Langer, puts a grubber in which kind of hits legs. It's a it's a bog standard kind of grubber that just starts hitting pinballing off legs and all of a sudden Kevin Walters falls on it in the in goal and it's six nil. Um that try is referred to the video referee and that means that I have to mention the video referee board which was in use. It, it didn't get many goes at state of origin level but God it didn't let us down. Um although I suppose it did I let us just, down. No in the sense that it didn't sort of go off haywire and stuff, showing up, you know, penalty, play the ball, 20 tap for no reason. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's about right. I, I think I think the only thing you've missed there is just that Alan Langer in the pinball does kick it again, and you've missed a very opportunity to say, hashtag beware the second kick. Yeah. He's <laughs> rubbed it in the legs, and he actually toes it. It pinballs off two players, and he kicks it again, and it just yeah, goes good. to show the other adage that when you kick twice, it's, Big trouble. There's no yeah. there's no response in the game to a second kick. Well, you and well you know the other. Well, that's right. The second kick <laughs> yeah. and the bouncing ball are the two. Yeah. If the ball, if it's a pass that hits the deck, yeah. danger. Yeah. But also, if someone scores after a dummy, of course, the most important man is the man with the football. This that's right. Everyone, everybody knows um, this. Now, what, the only thing I want to say about the video ref decision is just that in typical sort of like it's surprising Bill Harrigan ever went to it, but I'd just like to point out that we will be getting to later observing when he doesn't go to the video referee mm. in another situation that might be of importance. Um, and as usual, mm. he gets it wrong. So <laughs> stay with us. More to come. Right, moving along. Yes, more to come mm. from Bill. Well, the next moment in the game is also Bill Magic. Yeah, um, <laughs> the, so that was in the eighth minute. Then in the 11th minute, no. and this is one of the real turning points of the game, Jason Smith makes a lovely break, little raid down the left-hand side, um, breaks away, passes inside to Renoff, Renouf, Renoff, and Matt Singh, so Renoff runs away to score, mm. but Matt Singh has run, and, and, and they call it, the touch he calls it, and I think he's right. <laughs> Matt Singh runs on this diagonal to wedge himself between the chasing Terry Hill mm. and Steve Renoff. 
and ends up just bowling Terry Hill over. And so Renolf runs away to score. I suspect Renolf would have got there anyway. Um, mm. But Matt Singh clobbers Terry Hill out of the way. And instead of going 10, possibly 12 nil in front, Queensland uh, turned the ball over and, uh, and give away a penalty. But they didn't yeah, go to the video yeah. for this, interestingly. Yeah, no, I think that's. I'm not sure how far back you were allowed to go in that era where it was only, or whether it was only for try scoring plays, like actual, like once you're at the try line, as opposed to, I'm not sure, we'll have to check that, but I'm not sure if you can go back and check earlier. I'm not sure whether it was for like, because it came in for it to replace the in goal touch judge who wouldn't mm. rule on that. He would only rule on the, the whether the ball was put down. Like, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. Or, and I'm not sure. I'm just um, saying, um, cause he does go for it for a double movement later, for example, he checks that. So I wonder whether you could only go for that part, but um, that aside, <laughs> just three, three things really quick on that. Um, I apologize for not mentioning Jason Smith when I talked about who was good because Jason Smith was fantastic in this game, really dangerous. Mm. And for a guide of how good Jason Smith was as a player, for those who don't remember him well, and that's, to your discredit is that um, the, the halftime talk in the sheds was that they needed to cut down the time and deal with the threat of Jason Smith, who was where all the points were going to come from. That was a New South Wales message in a game that has Darren Lockyer at fullback, Kevin Walters at five, eight and Alan Langer. And also the pearl in the centers, yeah. Wendell yeah, Saylor, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And, and they weren't wrong. He was very dangerous. Um, now, the last point I want to make to you is I think a very funny process, which I assume was mandatory in how this was handled, this penalty. Um, oh, yes. If I can run you through the process of events here, because I just think it's very funny. So Bill, when they, when they stay, Renoff goes on to, to sort of score uh, and you're right, Hill wouldn't have got him, but it was a very obvious penalty. Even Fatty said it was obvious. Um, the touchy comes in field and Bill goes over and makes a big show of going over to his touchy. Like, What's your report? And, and, and anyway, the touchy goes, Oh, yep. So number two or whatever is, is come in. He's cut across the line and he's blocked the New South Wales chaser. And he goes, so is it, was it a foul? Cause Terry was theatrically on the ground. And he goes, was it like a foul, lucky foul play or just a penalty for taking him out? And the touchy goes just a penalty for taking him out. And then Bill, rather than blowing the penalty <laughs> has gone Alan Langham come over here and then Gordon Matt Singh come over here, gets the players over, calls the touchy back in and goes, listen to this report. Asks <laughs> the touchy again what happened. And the touchy is then forced to give the exact same account again in word by word, verbatim, going, well, so this guy, so number two I comes love- in, cuts off Terry Hill. And, and then Bill goes, it's not foul play, is it? And he goes, no. And they go, penalty. So he makes him repeat the entirety of the sequence. He says something so like... Um, on the player again. He yeah. also says something like... That was silly. That was silly to um yeah, to Matt Singh. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah that's right. Um, but, it, <laughs> but isn't that, is that, was that a mandatory? So if you were going to give, because it is just a penalty. Like, yeah, the I'm not sure. There was a bit of that. I can remember that. I can remember that yeah. being a part of the game back in that era where they would yeah. get the report and then call a player over to hear the report again. But it was often for sin binnings and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah I don't it's remember only saying a penalty. It. It's, it's, mm. it's, not a, it's not a foul play. There was no sense that Matt Singh did anything. Other than, you know, it's same for being offside or anything else. It's just a penalty. And it was very funny that they went through this five-minute process of stopping the game to have this tu- like fat, touchy, repeat your story <laughs> twice. Anyway, I, I apologise for... <laughs> just before we go on, I want to... Mm. If, if I don't correct this, I'm going to get emails from people. Um, mm. I just want to correct that Tim Brasher did back up on the weekend of State of Origin 98. He wasn't, I, I said he didn't play at uh, Leichhardt Oval, mm. Belmont 20, Western Suburbs 12. He did play, but he was playing for Souths. Um, so, no, he did back up. My apologies to any Tim Brasher fanatics out there. People would have written to us about that. I wouldn't have got away with that. Mail. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. Well I, there, is, fans. there is no way I would have got gotten away with saying Tim Brasher didn't play it back up because he didn't play for Balmain. Um, so my no. apologies for that. Uh, the ABC regrets the error. Now, uh, I go to the 18th minute, um, mm. which is where New South Wales really start to turn the game around. Before mm. I do that, uh, I just want to note that it was in about the 15th minute. David Barnhill came on, and mm. uh, and Rabs said. Barnhill, unmistakable with that balding head. <laughs> oh, I missed that. That's Which really I, good. I suppose is true. Geez, he looks a lot like James Taylor. He, he yeah. looks fantastic. He, he runs a pub out in the country these days. I forget where, but I heard about it a while. Joey was talking about it an hour a while ago, and I'd like to go to David Barnhill's pub. Yeah. Um, start talking about the because he was in the 95 Origin fight and then this game and stuff. So he has some moments there for us. Mm. Um, if before we go forward to the next track, can I also? I think there's a very important thing that I suspect even you might have missed that I, I believe has to be brought to yours okay. and other people's attention, similar to the Barnhill, but just an off key moment. Okay, so there's a 20 tap when New mm. South Wales, it was a ter- Laurie Daly nearly, nearly does the sort of Clayton Friend, nearly kicks it dead, like he kicks it yeah. to a centimeter within the dead ball line, and they keep saying pin, and Brad's goes that's pinpoint, which it very much isn't. <laughs> and anyway, they have a very different idea of what you should do with the in goal back then, don't they? But Anyway, Lockyer catches it fairly unmarked in, on the dead ball line, and he runs forward out to the 20. Okay. Now, you know, you expect him to tap it and go, no, no, no. The great Darren Lockyer, you know, in this conversation for an immortal and everything else, places the ball on the ground, on the no. meter line, does the kick forward tap on the that. ground, and picks it back up and runs. And in a situation where he did it quickly, like he caught it in the in goal, sprints to the 20, New South Wales are running to get back on side, and rather than touch his foot and go, onto the deck, tap <laughs> forward like the mower, the mower tap, and boom, off. <laughs> well, you got anything to say to that? I didn't notice that, but I'm glad you've brought it up. Yeah, it's that fantastic. is quite good. Oh, that was, it, it's gone out of the game a bit to put down on the ground tap. i tell you what else has gone out of the game. Unlimited interchange. And uh, this match, it's important to mention that this match was played in the unlimited interchange era. Um, and I just note for the record that by the 16th minute, Paul Harrigan had been on, had started the game, been off for a rest and had come back on uh, by the by the 16th minute. Um, well, so I just I just note that bit. as well. Mm. You spoke a little bit about um, early '90s players, and there's a sense that the unlimited. We talked about how unlimited interchange might have extended Glenn Lazarus's career when we watched his grand mm. final. Um, and there's a sense that you might, like, quite seriously, as good as Laurie Daly is in this game, there's a, quite a sense that if you look at how battered him and Paul Harrigan and some of these guys are, that if there was limited interchange, you might not have been able to pick him. Like, the Chief went yeah. off for three separate injury treatments, and Laurie Daly went off for a hamstring cramp and ankle. And this old bloke was <laughs> like, Laurie, I know he limps around for a few more years, Laurie, but he had a lot of knee trouble mm. before this. And, and a lot of him, guys like him and the Chief were dragging themselves forward at the very end of their career. And there might have been a sense that if you actually had, say, four interchanges like the early 90s and you were off for good, you actually couldn't have picked them. Well, Laurie goes off a couple of times. Uh, yeah. But one of them, in just before halftime, he goes off injured, goes yeah. like he's up the tunnel, gets treatment. Matthew Johns comes on and... Mm. Um, and then Matthew Johns like plays one set in the line, and then yeah. has to go back off because Daly's all right. So they yeah. <laughs> they bring him back on, which you just couldn't do now, right? You would either have to go off and stay off, um, yeah. or go off for and get treated oh. at halftime, or just hang out there like just wait 
and play injured for five minutes, which is what he more likely would have done, and that would have changed the game. Um, yeah. Anyway, I just I just I, mentioned. I think it kept a few of those guys in club footy and mm. rep footy. The sense that you could that they still had football in them, but they needed to be rested and the chief big time. Cause that was happening at Newcastle too. He was it, it, hard as he ever was, but he was just completely busted. And they just tried to get 10 minutes out of him, get him back off and get another 10 out of him when he was being rubbed and pushed and prodded enough to get back out there. Isn't it good that, um, isn't it good that New South Wales, uh, I also, yeah, well, two things. Isn't it good that New South Wales having picked Laurie Daly at 5'8 and Brad Fittler at lock felt mm-hmm. they needed to have Matthew Johns on the bench? I was thinking the same, yeah. Yeah, bring it forward. Yeah, yeah. and also, um, they, Tommy, having left Aaron Raper on the bench for a full 80 minutes at the MCG in 97, then left Ken McGuinness on the bench for this whole game. So his bench, he's run the, the David Barnhill, Steve Menzies, Matthew Johns, Ken McGuinness bench. Um, and, yeah, didn't, didn't throw Ken McGuinness on. Um, yeah, it, it's a very funny comment, actually, because with 20 to go, Fatty says, surely they're not going to play with 16 men. Surely he'll come on. And Sterling goes, oh, they're going to have to use him out of necessity. They'll have to. And he can... I'm just interested in what necessity Sterling thought was going to Well, because I think they were, starting to, they were starting to drop a little. They, like, there were blokes going down everywhere. They almost had... But none, none, of them were, none of them were wingers or centres. Like, yeah, that's true. But they were, very, they were pretty thin for forwards. They only had uh, the Beaver and, yeah. uh, and David Barnhill as far as forwards Did go on the bench. You should have seen Carmichael Hunt, Cooper Cronk, lock forward role. Oh, that's exactly what I'm suggesting for Ken McGuinness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. He played for Tommy's club too. It's worth noting that. He left he the did, player yeah. on the plate. He was his club From his coach. own, yeah. Yeah, and left yeah, him but on Tommy, the bench. I mean, you know, like it's, but, but Tommy knows. Like the, with, with, with a minute to go, they were in front. He couldn't have asked for any more than that. Um, well, who would now, you take off? Well, exactly. Terry Hill, um, like, you know, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, 18th minute, Rod Wishart scores. This one's straight off a scrum, um, mm-hmm. and it's quite a baffling try. They, it's, it's, they, they get a scrum on about the 20, um, mm-hmm. and Laurie Daly gets it first off the scrum, just runs sideways. And suddenly they have numbers, and he passes. He passes to Brasher. Mm. Brasher passes to um, to Wishart, and over they go. Mm. Um, John's misses the goal, and it's six four. Uh, they keep really talking this up as a great set play. I, I mean, he just kind of runs sideways, and Queensland Queensland completely botched the defence, don't they? Yeah, well, Sturlo says exactly that, and then Fatty gets in there and says, no, it was a great set play, and no, it wasn't. Um, look, it's probably one of those things where if you watch it in isolation, it doesn't look much good, but if you go into the context of what players are thinking with Laurie Daly roaming across field, it might be just one of those things where the presence of who he is and how good yeah. he is, people hold off a bit. You know, like he's just good, so they hold off him, and all of a sudden he pops it to someone. But no, it's soft either way. But yeah, I'd say they soft. just sort of were waiting for Daly to burn him with a, and step him, and he just didn't but it was yeah it was it was a really soft try there's a lot of actually the tries are very as good as this game is the tries are very rarely with one very good exception we'll get to in a moment um, we're going to get really to that right the, now yeah not really the point are they a lot of the but tries not really the try yeah that's right the tries kind of reflect the momentum but they don't yeah. um a lot of the time but they're not in in and of themselves fantastic play this one is pretty good play um mm. the two really they start this new south Wales start on about halfway over on the right hand side and the dummy half throws a dreadful pass to Johns, which he picks up off his laces. And Johns responds to that by throwing an equally dreadful pass to Daly, which he picks up off his laces. Daly gets up, turns 180 degrees, and turns the ball inside to Tim Brasher, who scorches through them from halfway. Uh, 
blisters away from Lockyer, who kind of balks weirdly at the at the other Queensland chaser, and off goes Brasher to score, and it's eight six. It's fantastic football. That combination of uh, of a clever little pass and and absolutely lacerating speed through the middle. Ah, uh, fullbacks riding through for. Yeah, yeah, he fully turns his body to give an inside ball. The space is there, and then Brasher is like shot out of a cannon too. They barely get a hand on him. He's so despite yeah. a fullback being in front of him and wingers coming from the other side, they barely touch him. It's a beautiful fullback's midfield try. I love a midfield try even better than an 80, 90-meter one. Starting at the 40 or 50, and someone with pace like a fullback going through the middle of the ruck is, is rugby league. I, I, I called it the pawn try in my name, <laughs> just in terms of getting to it, because it's rugby league pornography. Um, and I think... I think there's just two elements to it because Andrew's pass is very bad, but there's just a little moment here where a skill he has comes out and I'm allowed to gratuitously get into Andrew when I want to. So otherwise, you know, I'm not coming on anymore on the podcast, but they start in the corner, right in the corner, right? And this shocking pass gets thrown to Andrew. Like it's absolutely terrible. And anyway, Steve Price is defending where the gap eventually comes in the middle of the field, like right under the posts. And Andrew gets it still only 10, 15 in from the touchline. And Steve Price quite rightfully thinks we can box them in here. And he comes out of the midfield and goes flying on a diagonal over to where Andrew is going, we're going to block this off because they've lost their momentum. He's in halfback's got on his knees and we can pin him to that side. Mm-hmm. And Andrew picks it up off his boot laces and throws it 25 metres flat to Laurie Daly at his toes as well and throws it like Steve Price has come up thinking we can cut this off and really box him in the corner. And the pass goes 15 metres past him. Yeah. Daly, who gets it off his toes, roams across field, then does the inside ball to where Steve Price should have been to cover and was gone and they're off. And it's just this little moment where Andrew could have dropped that and he doesn't. He then goes, I'm just going to throw it a mile and totally beats the defence. And then Daly gets it off his toes and also could have done something conservative and mm-hmm. goes, no, I'm just going to grab that off my toes and I'm, we're going to go anyway. And they just keep this very committed to attacking from that sideline and to shifting and trying to find space. Yeah, and- they start, Andrew didn't do that so much in the latter parts of his career. You, you watch games from right. the, the, the 90s in particular and you realise how often they did this. It was more, more a thing they seemed to do when Matthew was there at Newcastle in particular, where he, they would just get it on one side of the field and in two passes it would be at the centre on the other side. Yeah. Um, and they weren't at the line or anything. It was just fang, big, long ball and another one. Um, he does yeah. it a few times in this game and that's probably the, the best example. Um, he did, by, the time, by the time Matthew left and they, the game changed a little bit, you couldn't, they didn't do it anymore. You didn't see those really flat, long balls. But um, in this no. era, it was, it was wild. Yeah, they do. They just—it's almost all game, and you see Queensland do it too. Probably a little bit less well because Daly, Fittler, and Joey just had a very good long pass. But there's a real sense that they just throw the ball across the field till they find some space. And in this mm. try, it happened to be there. And if it wasn't, Daly would have thrown it again, and Fittler or the other centers would have looked for space. And if they didn't find any, they would have jinked back and looked the other way. That was just—I love that as a as a model. And and it requires the sense to do it, and then the players like Daly who are great enough that when they enough find the do space, it. they know what to do with it. Yeah. yeah. Once they find it, they go, well, this is how we're going to get it through. But it is a beautiful, beautiful try. And when I put some highlights of this game together, which I'll do, I'm probably going to put two or three moments in, obviously the, the last bit, but I think this will make it. It's mm. fantastic. Yeah, mm. it is very good. The, the, so that's in the 23rd minute. And New South Wales really run the game for for this this mm. patch. Like from that first Wishart try until halftime, it's all New South Wales. And they score again in the 33rd minute. Mm. Um, with from a towering bomb from Johns on the on last tackle, 
reasonably close to the line. Matt Singh spills it. Laurie Daly picks this up stunningly, mm-hmm. um, juggles it with his right fingertips, then with his left fingertips, and finally catches it and bounces. He, he lands in front of the line, it bounces over. There's no double mm-hmm. movement. Uh, Johns misses the goal again. At this point, he's <laughs> nine, nine from 18 in his state of origin career, exactly 50%. Mm-hmm. Uh, and despite scoring three tries to one, New South Wales only lead 12-6. Uh, and Daly, he's still not been hooked for he's still not been hooked for Rod Wishard, who is in the game and continue. who also goal kicks. Yeah, <laughs> and Andrew's yeah. still got the job. Um, uh, Daly goes up the tunnel at this point. As I said, Matthew Johns comes on. So at one point, so um, I, I wanted to mention, and I said Daly comes back on two minutes later, and Matthew goes off again. Um, at mm. this point of the game, I note that New South Wales are quite dominant. But Brad Fittler hasn't done much, and I mention it because of what happens in the second half. He he was yeah. really subdued. Andrew yep. and and Daly are really running the team um, mm. and having a lot of touches. And Fittler's doing a little bit of kicking and running the ball, but he's not yeah. having a huge amount of influence on the game. Um, I mention that because of of what will come in the second half. Uh, and then in the thirty nine, playing minute, as a running forward, isn't he? Like he's playing very much as a running forward. Yeah, and he's um, not getting involved in the the setting up a tries no, or anything like that. No, um, but, but in part because I suppose he doesn't need to. Um, yeah. And then in the thirty ninth minute, uh, <laughs> Andrew Johns does one of the most one of his one of his most John one of his most Andrew Johns things, which is mm-hmm. the banging over of a field goal on half time, um, yeah. at at six or twelve or eighteen in front. He sends the field goal over to go 13 6 to crack it too. He gets it flat at the line and just pings it over from about 37 metres out. It's a beautiful kick. Uh, yeah. Took Even Sturlow wasn't wasn't speculating about it. That's how unexpected it was. Um, but he liked it. But he was he, he, was, he supported it once it went over. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. We should mention as well that the, the Tim Bratcher try uh, led to a bit of Sturlow if we freeze it there and his play continues and some drawing oh. on the screen, which I think we'll put up on the page through the week because it's very good. We will. It's some of his it's better a, it's work. A, it's a, yeah. It, it, he, what he does in this one is one of my favourites is that he scribbles space in whenever he scribbles yeah. to show where the space in. So he doesn't just arrow and circle, but then he starts shading space in in a big yeah. obnoxious white marker pen. Um, I live for that and we will put that up. Um, before we go to the second half, can I just say, I, I think just to take a brief moment on, on how influential Laurie Daly has been thus far in an origin yeah. where he's playing against Alan Langer and Walters and a very, very, you know, Darren Lockyer, very, very good Queensland side. Um, to the Pearl, Wendell Saylor, and he's really having a big impact. Um, I just wanted to say, I, firstly, it was really good to see. It's very clear what presence he had. The, the sense when yeah. he got the ball was that everyone knew it was on and there was a real hanging off him by the defence and a real sense that every time he got it, there was a bit of danger. Um, and I guess, like, it's, I do this too, like m- talking about modern players and comparing them. And I suppose I just wanted to make a brief comment on what goes around today about comparing him to Jack Whiten, because I just want to put very clearly on the record, having watched this, is that, please, you, you are just kidding yourself. Like, I know that they're both big 5'8s that played for, play for Canberra, and, and I, I love Jack Whiten. He's, I really like him. He's a good player. But he is a big, hard runner. Um, Laurie Daly was a big, hard runner with 
presence and class and sense of space Some and remarkable skill and, as well yeah. and skill like yeah in this half Laurie, Laurie Daly has scored one try by roaming across the field having everyone hang off him and finding the right pass he's then set up a, a Cliff Lyons like midfield one for Brasher where he's fully turned his body around with complete class in the space he's then got one yeah. where he's one-handed juggling a ball loose and powering over and, and he's at the tail end where he's actually lost a bit of his power he's had so many knee injuries he's actually not running the ball like he did a few years before. And, and I, I get the comparison because of the hardness of Whiten. And, <laughs> yeah. And, but they're different from Canberra. They're different, uh, he, they're different animals. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're, they're just different class. It's just this guy yeah. is an all-time great of the game who has what Whiten does well, plus class and presence and timing. You know? Yeah. And it's not even a slight on Whiten particularly. No. particularly. He's a wonderful player. It's just Daly's he's a, great player. He's a, he's a legend of the yeah. sport. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's an absolute god. Yeah. So thirteen six at half time, three uh, three tries to one, but uh, three missed goals from from Johns. Uh, New South Wales pretty much from the Singh interference have been uh, totally dominant. Uh, and Rabs comes back from half time and says, "Fatty and Sterling, Fatty and Sterling agree that Queensland have to be next to score," which I've got to say just made yeah. me see sounds. Um, the, the chief, uh, they, they also mentioned that the chief has had physio on his back at halftime and also has the flu. So he's like, he's got, yeah. so he's got a bit going on. Um, he, I suppose, yeah. yeah. And Queensland begin the second half with a short grubber kickoff. Have you ever seen this in an origin match before? <laughs> Oh, no. I mean, I've, I've only, the first time I've ever seen a short grubber kickoff was this year, and I've seen two. I think Caelan Ponga did one of the Raiders, and then Val Holmes did it recently. I've never seen one at all before, I'll put to you. I can't think of a game where I saw a no, short kickoff. No, I can't think of one. I'm sure I, I have, have to see yeah. this one. Mm. And, it, and, it, and it's... It is effing terrible because it kicks straight to a guy. The ones this year, Ponga and Holmes did it in the NRL in 2021, and they did it because no one was standing on the 40-meter line. There was space yeah. there, and they grubbed for themselves. This, this grubber kick, just go, it just goes straight to someone who's standing on the 40-meter line. It's That's unbelievable. Right. He's standing there, and they just grubber it to him. <laughs> What's doing? It is cool. Imagine it comes back to the margin of error thing. If you did that now in yeah, a state yeah. of origin game, you would be shot. Yeah, yes. and there'd be a real sense that oh, the wheels have fallen off here. Um, yeah, yeah. The, now there is a moment uh, in the forty-third minute of this game, which I suggest uh, is mm. uh, the beginning of something. Of uh, I think we witnessed the beginning of one of the great mad rivalries of the late 90s, early 2000s, because Adam McDougall, because Wendell Saylor takes the ball down the wing and Adam McDougall tackles him and then ragdolls him into touch, mm. Gordon Tallis, Brett Hodgson style. Um, yeah. it, it, it's quite illegal and should have been a penalty, but it's magnificent. No, and, 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 and I, I put it to you, my learned colleague, that, uh, that this is the birth of the great <laughs> mad dog Wendell Saylor rivalry. That we came to know and love over the fo- over the following five years. Yeah, I would say that's probably right because they haven't had the Superman moment yet, where Adam McDougall tries to decapitate <laughs> him in a club game, which is coming shortly. That's right. It's the single greatest play in the history. It was of sensational. Time. Um, you know, it, he would have been wiped out for the rest of his career if he had made that tackle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, they they had a wonderful rivalry, including when they came back and were both yeah. not all that good. Like when, when, right. late on when Dell came back and Wendell played for the Dragons. Dog, that's right. The dog. 
Yeah, and they were both geriatric and sort of well past it and still sledging and carrying on. But they, they, were, fantastic, <laughs> they were fantastic. Um, they were a fantastic uh, rivalry at this time of the game coming up over the next few years. They were both two of the better wingers I've ever seen. Um, clearly, mm. along with Matt Rogers at that time, were the three standout wingers by a long way. There was a real gap to anyone after, you know, your Wishards and that were on the way down. And this new yeah. style was the, I don't know how Matt Rogers was that good, but the new style was the power winger and Matt Rogers just doing his own thing because he's brilliant. Yeah. And they were so far above everyone else, those three. And um, it really stemmed at where the game has now come is that everyone has to be like that now. You know, Eric Gross yeah. was next and then Junior. And then after that, and Lottie like was another years one, on, like Lottie, yeah. Lottie, yep. And and now everyone has to be like that, right? Like the amount of wins, yeah. that, there's a few getting around now that are just quick. That's come back a little, but almost eight out of 10 of your wingers are just big, powerful, steaming runners. Um, and these guys started that trend. And, and the importance of it is very clear in this game because Wendell, well, I didn't mention him before and said the dog got one over him. Wendell <clears> was <throat> so powerful. He, he took a hit up off the kickoff and stuff. And yeah. Yeah, he's as strong as any of the forwards, and now that's what they are, right? Like the the, the wingers now are almost exclusively he's back either. He's running over forwards. The different guys that are just quick and doing nothing to guys that are just an extra front rower and quick. It's it's mm. it's such a big change, isn't it? And mm. and they were the the leading ones, and it was a great it was a great tackle. It, it really was a big moment in the game too. Mm. <clears throat> but but. <clears throat> and I had written at this point, not knowing what was to come. I just wrote, "Mad Dog is an Adonis." Uh, and then in the 51st minute, yeah. I wrote Calamity. Oh, my God. Uh, because, yeah, Al, uh, because Alan Langer puts a fairly innocuous-looking grubber into the end goal. Mm. Adam McDougall's chasing it back. He's going to ground it in goal. They're going to give away a dropout. And that'll, but, you know, they're not under too much mm. pressure. And suddenly he staggers, falls, fumbles the ball, loses, possess, loses it. Steve Price falls on it. Lockie mm. kicks the goal. Queenslander only a point behind. Yeah, it's shocking. Um, it, it's an innocuous grubber. It was well placed in that it would have got a dropout, but four New South Wales players would have got there first. There was yep. four players around it. Any of them could have got it. Mad Dog got there first, really earnestly off his wing, read it well, and he literally starts to trip at the last step. Like, it's bouncing in the end goal, and it's one of those Langer ones that is wobbling a bit, and it, I think he goes to pick it up and it's wobbling and he just trips at the moment it bounces and is then trying to catch it while falling. And he just spills his bad error. Like it's, yeah, you know, no. it's in that, I know it's not a pass, but it's in that Justin Hodges category. Like it's absolutely terrible. It's yeah. terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, 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 it it's, I don't know that he ever did it again. No, like and that. it's a total, it's yeah. a total mistake. He just trips over. Like there's nothing you can do yeah. about it. Um, he just trips. Up. And off that, which was out of nothing, um, Queensland get this huge momentum off the kickoff and force another dropout. Like they get up there and fo- and and Langer puts a really good kick in. I think it's Langer from mm. about thirty or forty meters out that pins them in goal. It is. That's and a beautiful, kick. <laughs> wonderful Halfway, kick. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, to mm. to ride the momentum and really pin them and turn the game. And so mm. then in the fifty fifty fifth minute off that dropout, it's astonishing. Langer gets the mm. ball again, grubbers again, and this time it's Daly that fumbles it on his own mm. line, off his bootlaces, just just drops it. And Langer picks mm. it up and scores. And that is three tries Queensland have scored, and all of them have been off duffed grubbers. Yep. Two flat-out knock-ons and one that's hit two legs and been kicked again. And, and this one by Laurie Daly after showing the most amazing hands you'll ever see to scoop up the ball, juggle it, and score his own try. And 
um, and it goes the wrong way as well. Like even after you juggle it, it could have gone to Brasher or someone and you get away with it, but it just falls to Queensland who score. Mm. And there, mm. and again, it comes back to why is the story of this game not Andrew Johns' goal kicking, apart from, you know, because it's easy to say we didn't focus on that back then, but think about the ta- like the Taylor and Halligan calamities in the early 90s and stuff. Like people remember yeah. that stuff and people yeah. never mentioned Joey's kicking in this game. It well, they d- <clears throat> well, apart from yeah. when, we put the, uh, when we put the post up yeah. on the page yesterday, a couple of people said, oh, sorry to say this to you boys, but uh, what do I remember? Well, I remember Andrew Johns' goal kicking. <laughs> But uh, but you're right. It's not it's not something that's remembered in his career. You know, people yeah. don't go, "Oh, look, that's a wonderful player." But they're only after us. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, and I think that's probably why it's that it's that you go into these games and 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 you look at these what what's happened here, and I think it's very much just the case that the tries New South Wales led in were duffed so badly and had nothing to do with him that you go away saying they bottled it. But it's a bit hard to drop, blame the goal kicking, even though it does it is the result when you've done all these things. You know. Mm. Like, yeah, even with the goal with kicking. a minute to go and stuff like that. <laughs> well, even with the goal kicking, they still should have won. Uh, and even with stuff. the it, it just yeah, yeah, even yeah. with the goal kicking, they still should have won. And even with the uh, mad drops, they still should have won. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. both those. If either of those things hadn't happened, they still win reasonably comfortably. Um, yeah. yeah. Now that means when Lockyer kicks the goal, that it is eighteen thirteen. Um. So New South Wales at eighteen thirteen are in a bit of trouble here because all of a sudden they're like they've dominated this game and they're not winning. And we, I said earlier that Brad Fittler had been pretty quiet. Uh, well, he's not quiet anymore. He puts a bomb up from the right hand side to the left from about ten or fifteen meters out, and Sailor drops it. And Adam McDougal doesn't realise it's last, and so he uh, sort of doesn't realise it's not last anymore. So he hoists it off the ground. And Rodney Howe gets the ball and he throws quite a nice pass, I have to say, to Fittler, who uses all of that that robust running close to the line that, that he was famous for to go past a couple of tacklers and crawl over the line. And so having not done anything for the first hour of the game, he then does this critical thing, one, to put a bomb up that's good enough that Wendell Saylor drops it, and then to find his way through traffic to get over the line to drive home the advantage. And suddenly New South Wales, when Johns, by a fingernail, kicks the goal over, are in front again. Yeah, it's fantastic here. And he's not done, Freddie, either. He has another big say in this game to come. And and look, I, just to take a bit of time on him, I'll try and keep it keep it quick. But I, I just, I'm such a fan of Brad Fittler. I think when you look... Um, I think he's become a little bit underrated by by history now. I know everyone accepts he was a great player, but a lot of people talk about your Thurston's and your Lockyer's as potential immortals and all these guys. And I have no problem with that. They're wonderful footballers, but I don't really see how you can be a fan of the game, like a proper, not not a like parochial fan of the team. I don't understand he could be a fan of the game and not be grouping him in that category of how good he was. He was an influential superstar player for 15 seasons in three positions. You know, he won a grand final in the centers in 91. He was, there's, there's tackles on Mal Meninga back then where he belts Meninga and stuff. And then by the mid nineties, he's the Australian captain in a tough era without the super league guys. He's then with everyone back, he's a running hard lock forward who make does the forwards work for 60 minutes. Like he's just not hugely influential, but he's just making good runs and being involved. And then when the game's there to be won, snap, out comes the playmaking and the big running and the kicking. And he's he's the one out of John's, him and Daly. He's the one nailing the moments here where they need them late in the game. And a few years on from this, he's the best 5'8 in the world. He takes 
the Roosters to three grand finals in a row um, as the dominant side that, you know, that they hadn't won a comp in, in decades. Like they were terrible, the Roosters, and he dragged them out of that and got them into the best team in the competition. He makes an origin comeback and, and dominates there too. He just was the difference in so many big games and he was so good for so long. I don't really see how you can be having those discussions about immortals and stuff and talking about the other guys and, and not grouping him with them. And that's not me bagging the other guys, but if you want to talk about how good Darren Lockyer was, you've got to be talking about Brad Fittler and, and same with Thurston and the others. They're all just wonderful. And I just think he slipped into a category below that that's undeserved. He's, he's, he's fantastic as a foot rugby league player for a very long time. Yeah, no, that's right. And he, you're right. He, he should be. I, when you watch these games, you realize what a big deal he was, you know? Yeah. Um, and and we realise it again in a few minutes when he when he breaks the game open a second time. But uh, yeah, he this is this is the thing that remember we watched that game, nineteen eighty five Australia versus New Zealand up in Brisbane. Yeah, and we'd both been saying, "Oh, geez, Wally Lewis hasn't done much here." And yeah. then you know the game's right like five minutes before the end, he throws the match winning pass. Then yeah, yeah. Sometimes the, the, these guys. They don't have to do anything for the whole game, but when they really need to, yep. they get you something. Um, yep. And that's what yeah. that's what Fittler does here. Um, I used to hate him. I used to hate him. Oh, yeah. We used to have that big rivalry with East, and I just hated him. It, it just, oh, every time they beat us, it would be 10 minutes to go, and freaking Brad Fittler would step off his foot and score or grub a get you something. something and yeah, yeah. Oh, he's done nothing all game, but when he, when you needed Brad Fittler, he was every – Lockyer was very good at that. He was a real clutch player, and Fittler was every bit as good as it. When it, when it was time to go, they, they, they went. They yeah. really did. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And you see it, you see it in this one, but, but you're right, as a Knights fan, he was a nightmare. Um, now, there are no points in the game now for 15 minutes, and I really don't understand how because – some of the mm. things that go on. First of all, you know how much I love kickoff hijinks. Um, this is a wonderful yeah. example of kickoff hijinks where <clears throat> Queensland kickoff and it inexplicably just goes into touch. Nobody thinks to catch it. Um, and from the set, from that set, uh, Langer abandoning the grubber that has got him three tries goes for a chip bomb against the grain, um, mm. which is diffused. So Keep in mind some context here. New South Wales have been fumbling every kick. They're in complete disarray in their own in goal. And we talk about great players and cream rising and all of this. When Alfie Langer puts the chip bomb against the grain and there are all these bodies around trying to get it, who rises to the occasion but the great man himself, David Barnhill, who diffuses it in the in goal and gets them out of the 20? Um, <laughs> how could you? How could you tell that was it because of the bald head? Is that how you could identify yeah, the, that was? That's exactly <laughs> right. The distinctive bald head. Um, and then a few minutes later, I just wrote, "WTF is going on out there?" Because Langer mm. grubbers again. This time it hits Barnhill's la- legs. The chief bats it back, like, like five <laughs> five meters out from his own gut line, just bats it madly backwards, <laughs> and. <laughs> So good. It was mad. And Brasher manages to clean it up and they escape that one. Then in the 68th minute, there's another grubber from Langer. This one's 20 metres out. And Matt McDougall, like under no pressure, bobbles it and nearly fumbles it in the end goal. Um, mm. And it just. <clears throat> and so all of a sudden, having been dragged into a game they should never have been dragged into, like they should, be, they should have been clear and home. Instead, they're dragged into this contest. And now they're New South Wales are now just clinging desperately on, like it's not they're, yeah. they're, they're protecting their lead 
like very desperately with 10 minutes to go in front by one. Um, and finally, uh, well, I'll, I'll come to a moment in the game in a minute that when things really start to happen mm. um, that change the momentum. But before I do that, I do have to mention that uh, Rabs throws down to the sideline where Blocker is interviewing Glenn Lazarus. Um, now, that's mm. a wonderful concept in and of itself. There's a front row, um, Blocker and, and, and Lazo. But <laughs> they start the interview and Queensland put the kick out. And so they get the ball and they're on the attack. So block, so Rabs has to take take over again and say, sorry, I've got to interrupt Queensland are on the attack. When that's all over, <laughs> Rabs goes back down to the sideline and says, sorry, Glenn, sorry for interrupting. And Lazo responds, oh, no worries, Warren. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's really I too shit. <laughs> Showing the polish that went on to make him such a wonderful federal politician. Yes, well, future future senator. Yeah, yeah. It's he's also fantastic. in something approaching it. He's also in something approaching a turtleneck. Like he's in a very strange looking yeah, outfit. Yeah, he is. I'm not totally um, sure why he was there, given Melbourne played at home well, on the Sunday. Like he's come up for the game and then had to go back to Melbourne. It's yeah. quite good. There's a couple um, of things there. Is that firstly, him and Blocker actually were the front row in about ninety for Australia, and I would like to point out that it's not a surprise that they sort of won some games with that as a front row. Yeah. Um, and secondly, I love people are a lot bitterer in that era, and I love like like Blocker being on the sideline and going, "Oh, I'm interviewing someone that a lot of people think should be out there, and I'm one of them." And like start <laughs> it that way, really like hostiling the bricks non-selection. <laughs> you just start yeah. the. <laughs> start yeah, that's the right. Yeah, <laughs> that is good. good. <laughs> um, now, seventy third minute is where so Queensland have been on the just foot on the throat for fifteen minutes and haven't been able to finish them off. Mm. And finally, Walters puts a grubber in from ten out, and it is picked up by Rod Wishart, who breaks away. Mm. And for just a second, it looks like he's going to run away and score. And mm. and and New South Wales will probably seal the game if he does, but he doesn't because he is pursued by Martin Lang. Gazzy, yeah. talk us through it. Well, Rod Wishard, one of the great wingers of the 90s, is just breaking away with nobody in front of him. And Martin Lang, for some reason, just like eyes him immediately and fangs after him with all of the <laughs> leg drive and fumbling hair that Martin Lang had. And he seems to be gaining on him. And he eventually like gains enough on him that it forces Wishard to, I don't think he's going to catch him, but he sort of forces him to move his line and shift outwards and take a sidestep to get away. And when he does mm. that, that allows Matt Singh, who's yes. much quicker than both people, it comes about <laughs> 20 metres further back than both of them, um, to, to catch Wishard and save a breakaway try. Um, and they bring him down just sort of over the halfway-ish, I'd say, somewhere about there. And and it is obviously one of the iconic state of origin moments because this bench front rower who has, you know, we're not talking about Payne Haas. Like this, <laughs> Martin Lang's slow, like fitting. Like, yeah. He had good leg speed for a front row, but Martin Lang is not a fast front rower. And he has just pounded off after Rod Wishard and forced him to change this line and save this wonderful origin try. Um, and what I think is very funny, because we'll get on to what happens next in a moment, but there's three very funny things about this being an origin myth, or like a, not a myth, you know what I mean, like an origin magic moment. And I yeah. think the funniest there's three things. The funniest first one is he doesn't tackle him. No. So talked about is the Martin Lang chase and he doesn't tackle Rod Wishard. 
he also doesn't catch Rod Wishart. forces <laughs> him to change his line, so he forces him to, to to move across. And I'm not denigrating it; it's wonderful. But he takes, he forces him to sort of change his line to make sure he beats mm-hmm. him. Um, so he neither catches him nor tackles him. And New South <laughs> Wales also score in the same set. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they don't. Then, sc- no, yeah. yeah. They don't score under the post, I'll give you that. And, yeah. and Andrew's kicking means that that is important. So I, I don't denigrate from it at all. But, like, when you think about the great chases and you think about, like, yeah. Scott Sattler say, and stuff. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't get, he doesn't actually tackle him and he doesn't save a try. That's that's right. No, um, if you tackled Todd Byrne and Brad Fittler had a scored on the next play, I think the Scott Sattler tackle would be less, like, etched in yeah. history is all I'm saying. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now but It's wonderful football. It, it I is. want to put on record again. I have gained a lot. Of, I liked him at the time, but I, I like him even more now having watched um, the 2003 grand final where he is up against mm. people who are much more physically gifted than him and much bigger and stronger mm. and all of that. And he just gets up and belts them and gets belted over and over again in that game. Um, and again, having watched this where he is really good yeah. in his own right and makes this absurd chase. Um, but what follows from this is just... He's on the Chief and Rodney Howe on the on the gear and stuff. And like, yeah. he keeps banging into him. And they belt him a lot. And he, he, he is good in his own right. But, like, again, like, the, the, the two games we've watched him, he goes against Morley, Fitzgibbon and Ricketson and these, you know, Jason Kalis in one. And now he's up on the Chief and Rodney Howe pump full of gear and stuff. And he, mm. he, he really accounts well for himself and takes yeah. everything they can dish out and keeps going. And he's the best front rower on the Queensland side of the game. And I would say the best front rower in the game outside of the guy on the juice. Yeah, that's probably right. <clears throat> now, what follows from this is just champagne football, caviar, oh. like just, you know, like just feed it to me. Um, mm. it, it's a play the ball on the right-hand edge and goes to Fiddler. Fiddler gives it to Johns and Johns, twists and dings into the line and with beautiful sleight of hand gives it back to Fittler who throws a gorgeous wide ball out to Eddinghausen. Eddinghausen catches and passes. It's quite a bit. It's quite a good piece of skill. Eddinghausen mm. didn't have many touches in this game, but he produces a bit of skill there under a lot of pressure in an important moment to find a pass. Finds a pass to, of all people, Steve Menzies, who is seagulling out on the wing, mm. <laughs> who goes over to score. I don't know why he's there. But it was yeah. a beautiful bit of play, and, pro- and you know he he was a great try scorer, Steve Menzies, and I think he was playing second row at this point, but he manages to get himself over to score in the corner. It's just magn- it, it's magnificent skill under pressure from from a sequence of great footballers. Yeah, the, to to clarify with the Andrew and Freddie interchange, that's a run around. If anyone missed that, um, yeah. So that's the thing is that Freddie goes to Joey, who jams back in at pace, and then like really sleight of hands the run around to Fittler who all of a sudden because of how nice their interchange was has drawn like it's drawn a few people into Andrew and they haven't seen Freddie come around the back so when he gets it out the back at pace he's now flying on a sort of overlap edge as Brad Fittler with guys outside him and he he sums it up and goes long um that play I've just written there that I I won't go too into it but I just want you to put that in your memory bank as another piece of evidence in my um ongoing um claim that Andrew Johns and Brad Fittler are the perfect halves combination that's ever existed and the the way they play together and gel and the things they did was just like if you were putting together a combo in a lab it would just be those two together that was so it was was superb (laughs) just and it was a wonderful bit of play and it creates a try like New South Wales have been getting battered for 15 minutes they've been really stuck on their own line and they get one go like they they get one look at the Queensland line having been clinging on protecting a lead 
and they go bang, cop that. We're in yeah. here. Um, and yeah, it's a great bit of play. thing again, isn't it? Like that's another yeah, yeah. second moment in a row where Fitler in the last twenty minutes of a state of origin is just taking the game by the scruff by himself. It was all daily early, and him and Andrew had all the ball, and Daly had all the big moments. And when the game was fair to be won, Brad Fitler, um, as he often was, was really stepping up to the plate and just threatening and scaring yeah. everyone. Uh, a wonderful rugby league player. Yeah, it's it's a great it's a great try. I really really enjoyed it. Um, now, Johns misses the goal. So Rab says Menzies will score, and I think he says something like, "And that will, and we'll seal state of origin one for the Blues." Mm. And they're five points in front. You never hear that now, would you? No, you wouldn't. It's funny that, and yeah. and I suppose goal kicking even then wasn't that like we weren't quite in the era of eighty percent goal kickers yet. Um, so maybe maybe that's a oh. part of the reason why. But even then, like, a five point lead doesn't win you anything. Um, no, teams didn't come back much at the end though. Like you, you see, if you were up by, it used to be if you were up by eight with ten minutes to go, or up by ten, it would be quite uncommon to lose. And these wild swings where we see sixteen yeah. points in the last ten didn't tend to happen. And I think they were very stuck in the eighties era still. Where it, I think it, it there just wasn't as many tries, right? If you go back ten years, and they were still stuck in that thinking a bit, like yeah. Um, you, if you were in front, you were going to win because tries were hard earned and took time to get, and you didn't just get one in two minutes. I think. Yeah, that's it right. seems like they were a bit behind where the game was at. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, I think that's probably right. So when Johns misses the goal, um, New South Wales are twenty three eighteen. Blocker um, really backs it in and says, "That's the ball game." And Fatty and, and Sterlo says, "Oh well, I bet Tommy Rodonikus doesn't think it's the ball game." And Blocker says, "Yeah, well, I do." <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really wanted them to go to him at the end. I was waiting yeah. for them to go back to him, and they never did, and it really disappointed me. <laughs> Can you imagine oh, having not. said that on air? Uh, imagine I Choppy Close if he heard it and all the. Oh yeah, well he'd be flipping the bird again. Um, <laughs> yeah, now, so good. So, 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 New South Wales then get up there again, and on last tackle, uh, John's on last tackle doesn't serve for a field goal, which would have put them six in front. And doesn't produce the dropout. He kicks it into legs, um, and Webkey, I think it is, who picks it up. And Queensland have the ball with about a hundred seconds to go. Now I'm going to go through the whole set of six here because um, I've written it all down in detail. I'm going to explain to you what happens if you don't remember what happens in the last minute of this game or the last minute and a half. So Webkey falls on the ball. They're ten meters out from their own line. They hoik it to Walters who kicks sideways from his own 10 and Ben Iken falls on it, gets it and is tackled on halfway. Then there is, so they're on halfway. There is this stunning play where Sailor passes to Lockyer. Lockyer gives it inside to Langer. Langer offloads to Walters. Walters offloads off the ground to Smith. Smith turns it inside to Lockyer and Lockyer's tackled 30 out. Mm. Then third tackle. So there's about a minute to go at this point. Smith turns it inside the Lockyer, and Lockyer's tackled on the 10. And then Lockyer gets up, plays the ball, and we'll come back to that. Plays the ball. (laughs) Blanger is a dummy half. He gives it to Jason Smith. Smith throws this beautiful little pass off his hip to Darren Smith. He then throws another ball off his hip to Walters. And Tony Carroll, who had been on his left, wraps around Walters, looms up on the right, 
And when Walters plays it off the hip to him, goes through untouched and wins the game for Queensland. It's stunning. Again, the, well, they're one behind. They're, they're, oh, sorry. Yes, they are one behind, but he scores behind <laughs> yeah. the post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, but yeah. again, the, the, the precision of the passing and the quality of the skill mm. to get them over the line is unbelievable under pressure. Clockwork. Clockwork. Just, Clockwork. Yeah, it's a beautiful little set play. Mm. And, and none of them, none of them are the, the key playmakers. Like it's like it's not, it's not Langer to Walters to Lockyer. It's it's like this. I know the Smiths were a good play, but it's like the Smith Smith. You know, Carl. Yeah. The point is, it's this beautiful interchange that's timed and clockwork and beautiful and doesn't actually contain the guys you would circle as doing that if you no. were watching. You know, but Kevin Walters, you know, I, having watched yeah. a bit of Kevin Walters now, yeah, um, from yeah. this era, you talk about underrated players. Yeah, I'll like cop he, that. Yeah. He, he, he produces a pass here, um, mm. which is of absolute top quality. And um, I, having watched a few games with him in it, he was a, he, he, I, I, my impression of him as a player is pretty high. He, he's a wonderfully skillful, clever 5'8". He produces a really pinpoint kick to get them up the, up the field and then the pass mm. to put Tony Carroll over. It's a pretty good bit of play in the last yeah. two minutes of an Origin game. Oh, he's very crafty. I think he probably fell. Um, I think where his career probably just tripped him up was that he was really crafty and clever and good, um, but he he just didn't have the athleticism to be at his best when Daly and Fitler were playing because he sort of yeah. had all of this craft and cleverness and then wasn't a specimen at all. And two of the best specimens to ever play five eight had were also playing because I think without yeah. those two, he probably would have played a lot more for Australia and stuff. And he was sort of the sort of the third best there, but not because he wasn't outstanding. I'll agree with you. I think he, everything I've seen of him, I've been really impressed with. Um, and I think in that play generally, keeping in mind he does the kick off his 10, it goes back to what I said at the start about that, the error thing and yeah. the people not being scared to do things because you didn't get blasted. There is no way, State of Origin 2 is tomorrow, 2021. There is no way if New South Wales are behind with a minute to go that Nathan Cleary will <laughs> kick it on tackle one or two from his own 10 because he will get murdered. Like if yeah. they kick that and you don't get it back, he will be shot in the head by everyone down here. And and mm. that, that back then is that players thought they could try things and didn't think they were going to just get plastered across the papers as chokers and bullying yeah. and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, brain they? explosion just, and all could, that kind of thing. Yeah. No, no, yeah. you could try it on. And that is why they get away with this because he was prepared to take a risk. It's tackle one. They had a whole set and everyone would have said, you had a whole set. What are you doing? What yeah. are you doing? You had a whole set. Why would you kick it at the start of the set? You had five plays to get him and you, you blew it away, but he takes an odds on it and it changes the game and it wins the yeah. game. It's good as the try is that kick wins the game. They yeah, get them because they yeah. would have been stuck yeah. in their own half. But yeah, yeah, now, stuck on a try line, let alone their own half. Yeah, yeah. But and this is an important but. It is a little bit, yeah. Um, this try should never have been scored, Gazzy. Mm. No, why? Now I've never heard. I have never heard this talked about. Am I wrong? Has this never come up? I've never, never heard come up. Say this. In fact, okay. I can I can take this further. But you go first. So I've looked through and tried to find this. Darren Lockyer knocked the play the ball on. Yeah. Clearly. He, yeah. He, he knocks it for he drops it forward in the play the ball and then has to step after it's gone forward and roll it back by his foot. It's caught clearly on the camera after the try scored. It is a fair income flat out knock on. It, it's completely the wrong decision and it really obviously should have been overturned. And Queensland wrongfully have won that game. <laughs> you know, come at me, come at me, Queensland, come at me, Peter. I know you'll be listening, but they didn't. It's a knock on. And I've 
got it on film. <laughs> we'll put yeah. it on the page. He's dropped it cold playing the ball. And if and 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 Rabs and Rabs knock Rabs acknowledges this, right? Like he says, um, yeah. well, he sort of he sort of acknowledges. He says, "Oh, Messi, play the ball now." That that would be enough now, I suspect. That amount of mess in the play of the ball, I think, would be enough now for this to be called back for a video ref. Um, and it wouldn't have been allowed. Yeah. There's just no way in the world it would have been a try because the video ref would have said, "No, it's not on. You 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 can't." Now, I just want to. Yeah. Now, there's two things about this. One, imagine if Darren Lockyer had knocked this on. Keep in mind, this match is a month after the test where he comes on for Robbie O and drops the ball at the end and lets uh, lets New Zealand into score to win the game. Remember that? So it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was one of the, like, the most talked about taboos ever like it was like it obviously wasn't as bad as Hodges in origin but that's how it was talked about like Lockie mm. was on the up made a debut and totally balls the game up for Australia and everyone was like oh no this this kid like he's he's come up and oh I don't know about him and yeah, completely this, it was yeah. a real it was a, it was a quite a famous at the time it was quite a big deal um and so he's done that if he'd have dropped yeah, his ball was, when they were yeah. on the attack 10 or 15 meter, 10 meters out um, that would have been two like game-changing botches in a month for a young Darren Lockyer. So that's the first. That's a sliding doors moment. But also, I just want to report how this. I just want to just quickly mention how this was reported on. Yeah. Um, so I went back and looked if there was any press, if there was any media coverage of the fact that this was a knock-on. Yeah. Not only was not only was there not any discussion of a knock-on in the play the ball. I want to read you this article, which I think was in the Daily Telegraph mm. from the day or from the, I think from the Sunday after the match. Who's written it? Is it, is it Chippy? Uh, sorry, I don't have that. I should have, I should oh, have got that kidding. detail. Yeah, uh, yes. Bill Harrigan, have, yes. Bill Harrigan mm. produced the finest performance of his refereeing career on <laughs> Friday night, one month after NRL boss Neil Whitaker threatened to sack him. Whitaker wanted Before. Harrigan to be sacked from his job with the NRL after an appearance on Channel 7's Sports World on April 19. NRL sources, <laughs> NRL sources revealed that Harrigan received a phone call from an NRL official soon after the completion of the show and was told, you're sacked. Um, <clears throat> Harrigan was told in no uncertain terms that he was to step into line or face the punt. They took their stance with Harrigan because of still unresolved controversies involving manly coach Bob Fulton and because they didn't want him to appear on Sports World without their permission. Harrigan produced a record-breaking performance on Friday night with the first Origin match featuring just four penalties, the lowest in Origin history with a 3-1 count to Queensland. A couple of things. Firstly, I don't understand how a penalty count should be considered record-breaking. I can understand that you could say it's the least amount of penalties or the most amount of penalties, depending on which end you're at. It's not record-breaking because it's not a target. No, because have, like you, you referee how many offen- yeah. yeah, how many offences yeah, no, there are during yeah, the game. Yeah, ex- exactly. So like uh, the hundred meters sprint at the Olympics is record breaking because everyone's trying to get to the end as the fastest they can. The referee is not going out there to try and blow the least or the most penalties <laughs> that they possibly can. They're out there to referee the game, and there is a different amount of infringements in each game. And you, if you call them all right, you did a good game. It's not a masterclass because you blew none or blew a heap. And yeah, secondly, yeah, best game of his career. Like he's he's, he's on the he's ten. I would love to get him on here one day to talk about his stupid book and this. Uh, because this, <laughs> this is a total 
balls up. He knocks it on, and I challenge anyone that goes for Queensland to not see it when we put it up. And it's, it, it's history. I'm not suggesting we override the results as much as I'd yeah. like to. Prepared to let it. I'm not not suggesting that we go back and, and change this sort of Craig Gower Dally M style. We can't go back and petition Volandis to do that. But I think we all need to acknowledge that it is a knock on in the play the ball and. Good on Queensland for winning it. Everything else they did in the lead-up did that, so good on them. But Bill has missed this. It is on Bill again. Uh, I don't know whether he could go to the video ref. We need to check whether it's just over the try line or whether you can look at the whole play. <laughs> I, I, I am unsure of that. But yeah. he, A, misses it, and B, possibly balls us up going to the video ref on it. When I, I would need to check that. Now, this um, is where this, – this is – the other thing about this, this is where social media, and particularly Twitter, has taken such a significant role because – if that happened now, someone would do what you have done, which is record the replay and put it on the internet and go, hey, everybody, just so you know, that was a knock-on. And the New South Wales people would have gone feral. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. and if enough people had gone feral, it would have made the news and then, you know, um, it would have been exposed and would be yeah, the story of the, of, the, of the year. Yeah, and at the very least, you know, like it, it reminds me a bit. You remember the try English scored where it was given a try when he clearly did knock it on and Bill was the video ref and they gave it anyway and there was that huge controversy. He had knocked mm. out his hands and, mm. and scored. It, it should have been like that, like an, a moment that was swarming on the back of the the back 10 pages of the paper should all have been dedicated to it. Crisis meetings with the referee, close-ups, everyone from Queensland on Facebook going, you're full of crap, it was a, it was fine. It's just a messy play <laughs> yeah, the yeah, ball. Yeah. And yeah. It, was a, it was a stray arm from New South Wales and everyone from New South Wales going, you're a pack of more. Like he's clearly yeah. dropped it, and nothing happened. Like it's just nothing, and, and it's it's just not good. Like you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's stunning. It's it's totally stunning. And um, you know, I think for the history of the game, I'm glad it sort of wasn't called in hindsight because it's such a beautiful moment in Origin history. And I'm not a huge Origin person, as you know. Anyway, it was a great, great try and a great game, and it just deserved yeah. a cool ending like that. But but it's wrong. It's it's an incorrect call. Yeah, by the supposed best referee ever, and that's the thing. Well, in his best ever game. Yeah, is that he, he's just Teflon Bill, is that referees make mistakes and you and I do sort of <laughs> shit on all of them. But yes. he just gets away with so much. And it, when it's him, it really, really riles me up because he swans around with his stupid hair, his stupid wet hair when it wasn't raining. Like, you know, <laughs> that was silly. That was silly and all this nonsense. And he balls it up again and missed a key call in the game, as he often did, and came off with just, you know, like his shit doesn't stink and I'm over it. You heard it here first on the cemetery. Gazzy's had a guff full of Bill Harrigan. Um, and look, I it's hard to argue with it. It's it's quite a like it goes back to it goes back to Bruce Maguire in eighty nine. Uh, I yep. would argue it goes back to Paul Carriage in ninety eight as well. But anyway, that 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 mm. there is some debate about that, I will admit. But yeah, it is a big mistake. And I, look, the only thing I would say in mitigation for for this and possibly why it didn't raise any concern at the time is that the play the ball was just generally messier in this era. Mm. And there was yeah. a bit, it wasn't, there was a little bit more leeway than there is now. But I still think that if that, if, if you had a video ref in that era, watch that, they would have said, no, it's a knock on. Cause he dropped, like he kicks yeah. it forward and then backwards. Yeah. It's not, yep. you, you're not allowed to do that. Remember the one that reminds me a bit of the one that Spud Carroll had to jump forward and try and play back at yeah. the, in the, yeah. in, in um, the 97 grand final. Uh, but yeah. anyway, I, yeah. You're right. They got away with a lot more and it was messier. But if you slowed it down and re-looked at it, you, you couldn't look at it and, and apply the rules and call it play on. 
yeah, yeah, it's not possible. It's just that if you look at the rule book, it's just a knock on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, it's a it is what it is. But you know, wonderful last minute, regardless of that, uh, and a fantastic finish by Queensland after, frankly, what gets overlooked is a really good comeback from New South Wales who were on the ropes and Fittler sort of completely turned the game for them. So it was like sort of two wonderful comebacks in a way where Queensland got inexplicably in front. Fittler inexplicably drags New South Wales back with a couple of big plays and then Walters and and with a lot of help Mm. in the last minute there drag it again and you just go, wow, that's just such a good 20-minute period of wonderful football with great teams and great players all over the park and that's, in one of the, the best results I think we'd have seen in our time. Yeah, and, and that's the thing about when you get great players on both sides, they yeah. can do this, right? Like, they just keep up in the ante. And so Fitler yeah, goes, like, right. like, Queensland produce a couple of tries, Fitler goes, yeah, well, watch this. And Queensland go, yeah, well, watch this. And, Queen, you know, like, it, um, yeah. 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 Um, and it yeah, keeps, the, the, the football keeps getting, like, the quality of the play gets better as the, as the game goes on. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, it's a wonderful game. I'm very glad we've watched it. I'm glad that we've had the opportunity to talk about it, and I hope that uh, people sitting at home have got something out of that. We put the link up on the Facebook page, Rugby League Cemetery, uh, through the week. So uh, if you do want to go back and watch it and, and, and you know, um, relive this game and, and possibly take a different view on some of those things to us or furiously agree with us, um, the link is there to do that. Or you just chuck into YouTube, Origin 1, 1998, it's all there. Uh, you can watch it back because there's no football on this weekend apart from Origin on Sunday night and the and the other Origin last night. Um, so uh, Saturday, for example, is completely rugby league free. So maybe you do have to watch an old game. Anyway, Gazzy, any final thoughts? No, no, no. Really enjoyed it. It was a it was it was a, a great Saturday of Origin game, probably the best one and the best sort of finish and everything I think we'd have seen in our time. Um, fantastic. Enjoyed it. I can't wait. We will we'll be back a bit sooner this time. We've both been been a bit busy with work, but we're sort of planning, I think, to try and get one out every few weeks. We might even pump yep. a few out soon, but we're going to at least settle into trying to get one out at least every few weeks and, and probably a few shorter ones in there as well in between. So we are coming back and uh, for your viewing pleasure. Yeah, and what a pleasure it is. Uh, Thank you, Cassie. Thank you, listeners. Until next time, we're signing off from the Rugby League Cemetery. Langer. Walters. Rubbing kick. Wishart. Clean. Comfortable. Now he's away. Wishart. He's over the 40-metre line. But Langer's after him. Metzing runs him down. What about Martin Lang? Staying with Rod Wishart. Rod Wishart, like he's, he's going to score here. He's got a front rower chasing him. Martin Lang took ground off him, and that enabled Matt Singh to come from behind because he had to change course.